Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today is a very special show. It's our favourite time of year. Welcome to the April Awards. I'm not alone, hopefully they will get here soon. We're going to review AEW Winter is coming and speaking of winter, I'm in the Christmas cottage. Of course, it's Gina's first visit. Jackson and Monty are hopefully about to arrive and it, and it puts a song in my heart. Uh, and a spring in my step and a gleam in my eye. Down here at the Christmas cottage, I know just what to sing. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack frogging out your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. I will say, if you don't like me singing, skip the entire episode. It's Christmas, it's what I do. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from 1 to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Oh, hang on a minute, is that the door I hear? I think it is. Let me go check this, who it is. Oh, it's Jaxie. How are you doing, Jaxie? You right? Hello, hello. Please let me in. It's quite frosty and cold out here. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, it's freezing. Don't worry. Get yourself a drink. Oh, but give me a coat. I'll look after that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for a third WNR Award. She's by my side for every WWE and AEW event and the winner of the WWE Pay-Per-View Prediction League. It is, of course, a fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Merry Christmas, Jaxie. How are you? <laughs> Merry Christmas to you too, James. I'm doing very well. Merry Christmas to everyone listening too. I hope you guys have a lovely Christmas break. Can you believe your first awards were just WWE? Just think how far we've come in three years. I know. <laughs> you know, we've, we've progressed so much. There's, there's just been so much to talk about year in and year out. We've just had another great year full of wrestling that I'm sure everyone's going to get a chance to kind of ride on memory lane through some of the stuff that we'll discuss today but um you know it, it just makes you more excited to think what what we're going to go into the new year with so yeah without bring it a shadow on. of a doubt no oh, hang on i think there's someone out the door let me check that again let me see who it is oh it's monty how you doing man what's up what's up what's up it's a long trip uh, across the the frozen pond i guess because damn it's cold yeah. by the way I don't know if the, if we have any animals on the cottage, but I I heard I don't know if that was you singing or did we did someone just butcher an animal? What what just happened, Jay? <laughs> what did I, what did I, I walk into? There's a couple of cats fighting outside, but don't mm. worry. Like I said, come in, make okay. yourself comfortable. This man needs no instruction. I mean, look at the list: NXT expert, check. New Japan deity, check. Winner check. of the WWE prediction league, check. It is Monty. Sit down, my friend. Uh, do you want a drink? Call me a deity. Oh my god. Kami? I feel like I'm, I'm wow. Anyway, uh I must, I must say, I must say that please, yes, I want a drink. I need your I want some eggnog so I can spike it with my Hennessy that I brought. So let's do it. <laughs> no problems. But guys, I've actually got I'm I've got one quick where's where's Gina? Jack said I thought she was coming with you. I mean, yeah, I thought she would be here oh, already. Yeah, because it, it was her. It's her first time, so I thought she could travel by herself, you know, to try and find the place. Well, hang on a minute. You know, survival of the fittest. <laughs> I can hang on the screen again. Let me say someone's at the door. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me let them quickly. 
Oh, it's Gina. Gina, you finally here. Where you been? Who sent those fucking directions? <laughs> who gave me, no, who gave me those fucking directions? I got lost. <clears throat> I lost a bag. One of my shoes is out there as well. I think I kicked a fox. Monty sent it. It was oh, Monty. Fuck. I'm stressed. Get me tequila. I need to... <laughs> <laughs> so come in. You must be wow. freezing. Out there. That's unbelievable. Get yourself a drink. It is called Gina, the prediction killer, and seeing the future is all in the day's work. Like, so <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, her first WNR Wars and visit to the cottage. It is, of course, genius Ooh. Gina. I mean, the cottage is nice and warm, like we said. Uh, I mean, what do you think of the cottage? Are you excited? That is your first WNR Wars. What would have been nicer is if I got here a lot earlier, having had the correct direction. <laughs> but yes, I feel in a very grinchy mood right now. Thank you. Wow, it's going to be a fun show, everybody. Like we said, Christmas, maybe I can cheer you up a little bit. Because Gina, you know I've got a song for you. And it is, of course, a Christmas themed. And Monty might want to plug your ears because... It... Yeah, I got <laughs> here you. Here we no go again. <laughs> Jingle Bell. Oh, no, sorry. I'm singing it wrong. Gina Bell, Gina Bell, Gina Bell rock. Gina Bell swing and Gina Bell's ring. Snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the Gina hop has begun. Gina Bell, Gina Bell, Gina Bell rock. Gina Bell's chime in Gina Bell time. Dancing and prancing in Gina Bell square. In the frosty air. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, that's for you, Gina. There you go. Hey, I like that. Well, the question is, like we said, we all here. <laughs> Hopefully people listen to this on Christmas Day because this is Christmas Day. I don't know what multiverse, but it is. All right. Go with it at this moment in time. So instead of being all together on this wonderful Christmas, as you can see, you can smell the turkey we normally be doing at Christmas. Christmas is a very special time of year in the WNR. So, Monty, what kind of shit would you be up to at Christmas? You know, just chilling out? Oh, yeah, definitely chilling out, you know, drinking something most likely, relaxing, going to see the family that I live around, uh, and trying to, uh, you know, enjoy this one because in the few, you know, the next few Christmases, I will be buying a lot of gifts <laughs> for my new bundle of joy. So, I'm just gonna, you know, celebrate that I get to protect my wallet. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, big congratulations to your partner and you, Monty. We're all very excited to hear that we've got a baby WNR uh, team yes. member joining us. Hey. Cheers. <laughs> like I said, it is great news. And yes, Monty, you will be skint. <laughs> this time is for the next probably 18 years, wouldn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it should be nice. Jackson, what about you? What do you like doing at Christmas? Any Christmas traditions? Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that I've got any traditions, really. It is mainly, uh, you know, sort of. My favorite time of the year is probably it, it, when it comes to Christmas. It's Christmas Eve. Um, I, I have a lot of. Uh, there's always been a tradition within our family to cook late, 
uh, so you marinate everything and prepare everything throughout Christmas Eve, um, and you actually start cooking uh, late in the evening. Um, so I'm really looking forward to uh, my sister, who's coming to stay with me in London for Christmas this year, um, and we'll probably end up watching a bunch of Christmas movies, getting drunk and cooking late um, on Christmas Eve. So that's probably what I'm looking forward to most. It's going to be awesome. Talk about Christmas movies. I think we talk about it. I have got one. Well, actually, I've got two go-to Christmas movies. Uh, Gina, what about you with with Christmas movies? What would you pick first? Uh, There's so many I could pick, but I'm going to go with the Polar Express. It always gets me feeling festive. Yeah, that's a good good choice. Monty, what about you? Christmas film, quick, on the spot. (laughs) Friday afternoon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, very first scene. Yes, yes. They literally get robbed by Santa Claus. So, there you yeah. go. <laughs> and Jackson, what about... <laughs> Jackson, what are you for Christmas films? Don't say Die Hard. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to go a bit more uh, comedic. Uh, I really do in- enjoy Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Uh, Jingle all the way. Yeah, <laughs> that's great choices. I think mine traditional, but still do them. Uh, Home Alone. When I, when I watch Home Alone, it's the start of Christmas, so it's like the first nice. day off work. Home Alone is on, and then Home Alone Two is on Christmas Day. Usually watching it with my mum, so then I can go mama, 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 like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then no matter what. No matter what state I'm in Christmas Eve, Muppet Christmas Carol, and I don't care what he says, it is the perfect Christmas film. <laughs> it fucking is. It is. I don't care whether you've been drinking or smoking or whatever, Muppet Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve is always the way, I would say. Well, that's a good, another good choice, though. Yeah. Well, All four good choices. Yes. Also, a special shout-out to... I really do actually enjoy uh, Rise of the Guardians as well, so a special little shout-out to that because I do end up... I don't put that on on Christmas, but ar- yeah. around December time, I usually tend to chuck that on too. Mm. Yeah, without shadow. When I was younger, a Charlie Brown Christmas every day. When I was Every year, I would watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I haven't really grown up yet. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Any of us, really? <laughs> yeah, to be fair. It's a great point. Gina, is there anything you love doing at Christmas? Is there something you have to do? Um, It's not necessarily something that I do every year, but every year that I remember to try and grab one, I love um, building a gingerbread house whilst watching um, a Christmas movie. Mm, I That's do it. like myself some gingerbread. But we've got gingerbread over there, if you do want some. Let's not forget. Yeah, oh. tequila right now. Yes, yeah, you are polishing <laughs> it off. Uh, <laughs> well, like I said, it's great that we're all here for Christmas, and of course, we've still got the awards to come. And believe it, this cottage will transform into a massive set uh, for the award show. But that's going to happen in a bit. And of course, AEW. But let's start with news, NXT news. What the fuck, Monty? We turned away for a second. <laughs> All we asked when we did the last update is to have no more news. And after... Right. <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> Couldn't even get out of 2022, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we talked about it. 
Uh, and Mandy Rose did drop after a 413-day reign as NXT Women's Champion, dropped the title to Roxanne Perez, and then left WWE or fired from WWE the following day. Monty, what the fuck? Man, uh, I, I don't know, man. It was it, it took me, again, like I originally, I knew about everything that, you know, everyone's talking about, about the content she's supposedly posting on the fan side and all that. I had kind of heard about, I had been hearing whispers about stuff like that for a while. But again, originally I was under the I was under the understanding that, you know, everything probably was talked about. I doubt there would be, I, I literally one of those people saying, I doubt there would be, don't have a clue what's going on. Well, you, then you come to find out that, <laughs> you know, maybe they, they knew we probably didn't know to what extent, or maybe they were getting, you know, outside pressure from other sponsors and all that. So, it, it's just a it's just an unfortunate situation, and it, at least for Mandy, because again, she's someone who not only did she improve, but she's someone that have always been looked at as like that that person, like the eye. They've always kind of like used her beauty, like she was literally walking around as God's greatest creation before she had the rebrand in NXT and kind of you know start to be taken a little bit more seriously. So. You know, and then you think about what Toxic Attraction was all about. I mean, James, we talked about it. Two, NXT 2.0 was some of the horniest wrestling we ever seen for some reason. So I, I don't get it. I, again, it was so it was so confusing at first, but then when you get more details, and then when you find out, uh, you know, all of that, you find out it was basically one of those situations where she was making more than enough money off her fan site anyway. So it was like. You guys want me to shut this down when I'm making all this money? I uh, 100% support her decision to do her own thing and make her money that way. If you know, especially since I mean, we see now it's reports of you know 500,000 just since the firing, and now I think someone said she could be a millionaire by next year. So like, how can anyone hate on that? Like, get your money, yeah. girl. Like, do your thing. I mean, hey, also- also, WWE really don't have that much to stand on when they still want right. to deem their their uh, wrestlers as self-employed. So how can you ask True. her to shut something down like that unless you are going to treat her like a full employee? Full-time. And that includes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, full-time employment, and that includes benefits, holiday pay, everything like that. But no, they don't right. want to do that. But then they want her to still shut her stuff down. No, go do your thing then, Mandy, because you're gonna you're earning more there. And you know what? You you actually are your own boss in that and sense, that's, right? You know? That's your so, money. So I can't. Yeah, you yeah. can't hate on that. It's a, it's like, a loss it. to the fans. It's a loss to right. the fans, but it's not for Mandy Rose. And you know, at first I was kind of like. Oh well, good. Maybe she shouldn't be doing OnlyFans and wrestling at the same time when she's got like different age range viewers. But at the same time, firstly, it you know OnlyFans is only for a certain age, so it's their choice to actually go on that, regardless mm-hmm. as to who the person you have to is. Find that 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 content, yeah. right? You have to see what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's also though. just a little bit like how can you tell how can you tell someone who's self employed what they can and can't do when it comes to working? Yeah, this That's, is. That's an excellent point. But the other double standards as well, if we talk about it, is is now WWE PG and not allowing uh, women wrestlers to do that. This is the same ones that are having brown panties matches, gravy bow matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, talk about the attitude here, and we'll get onto that in a little bit as well. Uh, appearing in right. Playboy, you know, yep. and, and Stacey Keebler, who turned it down, was then kind of jobbed out a little bit because why didn't take this fantastic yeah. opportunity? And another thing, a lot of fans, myself included, but enough, I mean, I didn't do this, but I know a lot of fans did, 
when they read the news and went, Mandy Rose, hang on a minute, she's on fan went over to fan time and then signed up. So that's a lot of guys. Yes. Yeah, they helped her too. I yeah. agree. Like I said, yeah. half a million. Half a million. They're like, damn, week. she got an OnlyFans or a yeah. fan yes. Especially when you yeah. hear like the images. Oh, and it's just. Turn her bikini. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Just no, it's, it's weird. It's crazy. And I, again, I, I really support. I hope she, I wish her nothing but the best. It's the thing that really sucks to me about it is that hole on like the SmackDown women's roster that I was hoping Toxic Attraction could feel or people like that. You know what I mean? In that position. So I kind of hate that because I, I thought Toxic Attraction possibly had a future together if they just kind of stuck it out and finally got off of the NXT roster. But, you know, uh, it, you know, it, it, it fell with them where it, where it should have fell, and I wish nothing. I wish her nothing but the best, though. It, like you said, it sucks from a fan perspective, but it, I really am happy for her personally. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And speaking of women wrestlers, well, there's been a big, big news story about this, and we're going to address it right now because uh, called Sasha Banks hasn't appeared on WTV since 2022. We'll- out with Naomi uh, and if the rumours and basically now people know it as fact is that she will make an appearance at Wrestle Kingdom 17 so much so that apparently uh, she's moving over at this moment in time to get brands or agencies to get to her I mean who wouldn't and also uh, AEW announced a tag match with uh, Sarai against Brit Breaker and Hater with a mystery opponent so the question, I mean, Gina asked you, is is it a no-brainer? Is Sasha Banks mystery opponent in AEW, or is she going to concentrate all her efforts on Japan? What would you do? I mean, this is the first time I'm kind of hearing all of this news. I did hear there was whispers about her going to New Japan, but hearing it officially announced, this is the first time I'm hearing it. So I'm really happy to hear that. I'm super excited. I... I do want to say, as a fan, I would love for Sasha to be that special guest or whoever is going to fill that second spot um, as a tag. But I don't know if it's also kind of too good to be true to hope that, um, especially if she is like sort of moving over there in a way. And she might be more focused on her acting career as well as just doing some New Japan for now. Um, so I do want to say as a fan, I'd be super excited to see her be that other tag team opponent. But I also don't want to get my hopes up that it will be because I don't want to be disappointed with whoever it is going to be. Yeah, I think the thing is as well, if she doesn't sign for AEW, that'll kind of grow the legend a little bit more, especially if she does a few dates in Japan. You know, like I said, Banks at this moment in time has done it all in WWE and I mean Monty you must be loving this because it's going to draw so much more attention if the rumours are true but I'm basically going that it is yeah everyone is talking about it like it's pretty much set in stone so just imagine the disappointment if we, if we don't see <laughs> or hear anything about it but yeah I'm definitely excited I think the thing I'm mostly excited about it is that every time affect her her rating and popularity i didn't hear the first part of it but <laughs> I, i'm assuming i'm I, assuming was, I, I should agree i'm not sure if I should. <laughs> that's what i was saying I, 
you get your hopes up thinking that tag partner is going to be Sasha and it's not. It's like a returning. Yeah, character. and that's unfair to whoever it's like it could be. <laughs> like everyone is hoping it's Mercedes, and then it's just some. It's you know who knows who it could be. Someone who's just returning from wrestling for the first time in forever, and people are just booing her for no reason. I I hope it don't turn out that way, or it, I hope it's actually Mercedes. But I do think like the pressure on that spot. You know, especially, but they did they did it to themselves. They announced this match a while ago, right? Like, a couple, yeah, like fucking for weeks. <laughs> they had a whole month <laughs> before they could do it. So yeah, it, it, it seemed like it should be Sasha because we know they said Sasha will, uh, will be able to, to compete once the new year kicked off. So uh, it sounded like it's just made for her. So I, I don't know about that, but it, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at all if it, if it did end up being that way. But I'm really excited about her going to doing this business with New Japan because. Mostly because of how they're talking about it, they're not saying she's going to work in Japan and then wrestle with stardom. But in the, they're saying that she's representing New Japan. It's like, do you understand how? Like, I've they've never I've never heard anything like that when it comes to we we've had that conversation earlier this year about the lack of women's matches and all that in New Japan. And I, I explained to you guys how it kind of works over there. So to hear her name attached to the New Japan brand. To hear that Rocky Romero possibly had something to do with this. The same person who, you know, worked out for Ben Dore with AEW in the first place and done a lot of great work for New Japan spreading across America. So, yeah, you're 100% right, James. The amount of eyeballs that just the association, like I said, she doesn't even have to do anything but just, just pop up on camera and wave at the camera and the job we have been done. But I'm definitely hoping for more. I'm hoping she gets involved with Kyrie in some way, or you know, if Sam McConnell pulls it off, who knows? Could be in that situation too. But yeah, it, it's a lot of excitement about around this, and deservedly so. Yeah, I think we've had that. And again, WWE just got to stop with the fucking news. Yeah, like we're, <laughs> we'll be back in the new year for it. But on Raw, Bronson Reed returned, of course, former Jonah to WTV to help the Miz. Uh, I'm. Monty, as you know, you know how much I love Jonah. I'm great. But Jax, I know you were a little bit annoyed about it because you're teaming <laughs> up with The Miz. Okay, look. I don't have problems with, like, storylines of, you know, the uh, bigger guys coming in and acting like the bodyguard. It works. Like, you know, always go with that, you know? My issue is that right now, with with everything that The Miz has been a part of, it's not uh, oh god! I don't. I don't want this to sound insulting to the Miz, but the storyline, the content that he that is uh, associated with him right now, has been boring. It's been lackluster. Even when he had Champa as uh, his sort of like bouncer, bodyguard, enforcer type person, it did nothing for Champa. So I wouldn't say I'm pissed off. I would just say I'm right now. I'm just feeling really skeptical at thinking that we've just got, you know, not even Jonas, we've got Bronson Reed coming in, and he's coming off of a, a win in New Japan against the likes of Okada. And I just don't want him to be just seen as this blank canvas bodyguard that doesn't really say much and is just there to be used by the midst. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I want him to, like, as soon as I saw him, instantly, I thought of, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley and the likes of matches he would have with those people. And I got excited at that. But not if he he's not gonna have those that type of caliber match if he's gonna be connected with the Miz for six for the next six months. 
Well, so I just really hope that this is just a, a, a sort of brief sort of step into a storyline to get him on TV sort of thing, but that we are going to really kind of go with a solo run for him. Like he never really got that in WWE as Jonas. And then he, he, he brought so much to the G1 this year that I'd like to see that Bronson read in WWE. Yeah. It is. And you, you make a right, you know, about WWE with, with bodyguards. But the thing is, if he was attached with Ziggler, you know, you think about Ziggler, the work he's done with either Big E back in the day or Drew McIntyre. Mm. The Miz with I'm, helping I'm peep an outlaw has got a terrible track record. No, of course, of Go back course. to Alex Riley. No, I... <laughs> like, no, I don't. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Dave Sandow. Like, anybody turns to shit. <laughs> yeah, I just... I just don't want it to be like, you know, that he he didn't get as much of a hype of a return like if he was coming back as a singles because he just kind of interrupted the match. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I don't yeah. want him to be sort of overshadowed within the company to then be overlooked by the WWE universe. No. That's what I don't want to happen. Bron- Bronson needs to be booked like solo if they're going to do it in that way. That like, that, yeah. yeah, yes. <laughs> the Miz and his storyline to bring Bronson in. They could have had just man interrupt both men's match, beat them both up, claim kill, the kill money, them all both grab, yeah. them, grab the, the mic and say, I'm using this money to buy myself a goddamn title shot contract. Straight up there, like, telling people I'm here and I'm going for that big one. Like, that, I mean, that would have been sick. Yeah. Just him and where he's going because he was on that caliber of a level this summer. To be, pretty much sit there and be like, oh shit, should Roman be in trouble right now? You know, like that's what would happen. And, uh, and the, yeah. thing, the thing is, as well, was him showing up now. I mean, at Rumble, I would have lost my shit over it. So it makes me even more hyped for the Rumble, thinking they must have surprises or returns. Again, we've had enough returns oh God, this year. Actually, yeah. Why did they not just wait for Rumble? Because he would have gotten a, <laughs> such a pop. Yeah, number three or something like that, just all five taken out. Would have been at least a shot. Six people, do you know what I mean? Like, make him look like a monster. Um, And quickly, because hopefully we can catch with AEW at some point, but Monty, William Regal, uh, leaving AEW, going back, uh, of course, Charlie Dempsey, his son, and all this kind of stuff. We won't, it's not that much surprise, is it, really? It's a shame about Combat Club, but Regal now back home. Yeah. I think the most surprising part about it was just how involved, like he just, he was, like at the at the time of hearing about, like we, like it was it was bright. I didn't even know anything. Like if you didn't watch Dynamite, you turned on and didn't hear the the flood of news after that. <laughs> like it, like it was just so like I was lost for a second there because he was just like, for example, if you do like I do sometimes, and I I, I will get behind on Dynamite. The last thing I had seen up until that point. Was him turning on my <laughs> So again, I'm thinking he's involved. He's involved. Then I hear, wait, he's doing what? And I was like, they they only signed him to this type of contract. So I guess the more details you got, it made sense. But at the time, it was initially shocking just because of how involved he just was on their television. And then now he's already getting ready for his next position in WWE. But as far as uh, him going back to coach his son and all that stuff, so it makes the most sense. I cannot wait. Because I think me and you, we've already talked about how much we love what Charlie Dempsey, Dempsey has already as a foundation. So just having uh, William Regal back around and in his ear possibly or, you know, involved, I think that can only do wonders for not only just him, but 
we all the, a lot of talent. That's why the, that's why the, the Blackpool Comeback Club exists because of all, all the talent that swear by Regal's guidance. So uh, I think he's going to do great. And I, I do love that fact he's back with his family. But yeah, it was, it was a little shocking at first. Yeah, and of course the biggest news this month: the WNR Prediction League, the final event of the year NXT Deadline was won by Monty. And Gina, Gina, you are fire. Three in a row. Like, my God, what is it, Gina? What are you drinking at the moment? Jesus. Jesus. I'm actually shocked. I didn't realise. I really didn't. I just was guessing. So, yeah, Gisai. Enforced. How does it feel to lose to guessing, Jane? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's what. <laughs> this is why you see expert, just the host, I suppose. Yes, sir. But uh, like I said, Gina won AW, WWE, no, but then, and then, NXT in a row. Which Come one? On. Which one? The one that recently happened, and I just was it for an NXT. I sucked. I think I got yeah. one right. I wasn't gonna break it up. We, we <laughs> No, we I were going to bring it up. You, you were yeah. the reverse I, Gina. I, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> we're waiting. <laughs> but, you know, look, it is guessing. But at the moment, Gina is just... I'm glad there's no more events. I'm happy. It's, it's <laughs> <ended Right. here. laughs> She was coming for our next. <laughs> yes. She was. Any longer, wow. she'd have over- overtaken all of us. Oh, God. <laughs> so it means on me so it it took pity and said let's end the year out on a high for her no, you, you were Hulk <laughs> smashing your way through the second half of the year it's that's the scary thing but it means now prediction leagues bonus league final uh, and Gina with this as well you finish level with Jaxi on 8 points all on the bonus league Monty on 11 I finished on 16 because I got the league win as well W Paper League final I was on five, Gina on six, Martin Jaxi on seven, AEW Prediction League final, Gina and Monty on two, Jackson three, I'm on four. So then we go into the final league stage <laughs> was and the scores right now after everything's totted up. Gina is on sixteen, Jaxi on eighteen, on twenty, I'm on twenty five. But like I've said, we have got the year end predictions coming, believe it or not. The end of the year Damn and five it. points is is so. When it's two points for correct answer, all it is needs three right answers Ooh. out of what fifty. We've got all the WWE <laughs> champions, all of NXT, AEW bonus predictions, and everything like that. That is either going to be it's going to be a car crash or the greatest thing ever. We will find out on the year end predictions. Uh, but it is a Christmas show. And I don't want Jaxie and Monty to feel left out. So I've done Christmas songs for you. And Jaxie, here's your one. Jim <clears throat> in a one-horse open sleigh. Over the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha <laughs> ha! Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, Jaxie bells, Jaxie bells, Jaxie all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride the one horse open sleigh. Hey, Jaxi Bell, Jaxi Bell, Jaxi all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride the one horse open sleigh. 
See, I'm getting better. Yay. <laughs> that was so good. And just for everyone listening, um, just know I was rocking away, you know, bobbing along to the song. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Monty, Monty strapping some. Yeah. Yours is coming in a little bit. But first, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, AEW winter is coming December 14th. We're going to start the action. We're going to look at the Elite and Death Triangle clashed. In the match number four of a best of seven series for the World Trios Championship, Nick Jackson was forced inside area by medical officials, leaving his brother Matt and Kenny to battle Death Triangle on their own. They failed well enough, fending off defeat until Jackson limped to the ring, tagged in, and, um, well, tapped out because he's injured. FedEx and Penta smashed the injured limb with Timekeeper's Hammer. Um, Jackson, what are your thoughts on this? Because Kenny got the mic. And wants no DQ next, but I don't know how much in the crowd actually cared. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, there, there was a bit of a lackluster sort of reaction at that point, but I think I feel like it was the way that the promo got delivered as well because it just kind of went into a, like a conversation. You know, when like some people announce what stipulation they want, and they're like, "Wow, it is so," and stuff like that. You know, it just makes it a bit more impactful so that the audience reacts more. Um, it, it was just very conversational. Um, that being said, I still was like, finally, someone's put it out because right at the beginning of this match, um, I was, you know, watching it with my sister in my ear and um, I said to her straight away, let's, let's um, make a prediction on whether or not we think the Elite are going to, you know, get the next one up. And I said straight away, I think that Death Triangle are going to go uh, four up. You know, like it's going to kind of stay uneven for a bit. And it happened. And I said that it would be due to them, like, you know, having some form of uh, cheating mechanism. Um, so th- this was, gonna, th- for me, this wasn't a surprise that they made this next match no DQ because, you know, they, they practically, like, cheated their way into their the wins so far. It kind of needed to be called out, you know? Yeah, I think I'll agree with you. Like I said, not bad action, but... We need to, have to, and they said, the funny thing is, like I said, uh, Death Jungle 3 1 now. And even commentary are going, and the next match is going to be no DQ. And if we get to the next one, impossible, it will be this. And then the one, which we'll never get to, is a ladder match. You just be like, tell us it's going to go 3 3 and allow the match to decide it. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, they, they practically, they practically just set it up like that now. So, like, we all know that we're going to get to match seven, you know? <laughs> It's a, thanks, Tony. Thanks. That's what that's what we want. Uh, we get MJF's backstage promo, and it was compelling. And full of venom, he ran down Ricky Starks at tonight's main event. Uh, the AEW World Tag Team Champions acclaimed after a fund reservation, immediately attacked by Jeff Jarrett. That is J E double F J E double T J Lethal and Satnam Singh, as apparently they want to destroy the heat of the acclaim by putting them together in a team. I mean, Monty, this is what we want. Jeff Jarrett challenging for the tag team titles in 2023. This felt, this felt, this gave me a lot of impact flashbacks, right? (laughs) Jarrett, Barry and Younger, more over talent with his guitar. It just gave me so much. (laughs) So many flashbacks right there. 
Oh my goodness! That's the only problem I have with this entire thing with Jeff Jarrett. It just seems like it has. You know, you've seen this before, James, right? Mm-hmm. Come on now. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it's fine, but yeah, I don't like that they, like you said, the claim is so high. You have to be careful when you have uh, someone as as like like that gets the crowd on their feet and excited like they do. You have to be careful because they have a chance. I don't think this feud will probably end the acclaim or anything or end their hype. But, you know, just like uh, anything, if you don't take care, take the proper care of it and you just keep putting them in things, you put them in situations that are, that does not make them look good, then, you know, eventually those crowds get a little less excited when that music drops. But I think the acclaim will still be fine. They'll probably survive this fine. Hope, hopefully they do. But yeah, no one, I didn't want, I didn't ask for Jeff Jarrett to try to put a tax title. <laughs> Did any of you guys ask me? you guys wanted Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> I want I want to say, Monty, I'm I don't like this tag team. It's just really doing nothing for me. Like no, n- no, I'm not enjoying it. That I don't even know what else to say about it. I just kind of want the acclaim <laughs> to hurry up, have their match with them and it be over and done with now at this point because like I wasn't invested in their, them as a tag team to begin with. And I thought it was more of a novelty thing, you know, especially you know, having them go against Darby and Sting. Why are you coming for the tag titles? Like, you're actually going to have a, a long-standing run with the belt, Jeff Jarrett? Can, yeah. No. Yeah, we want him to AEW world champ. Yeah, I hope this just gets over and done with, like, really quickly, and Jeff Jarrett just settles more into a talking managerial point of view. Like, not saying that he's not in great shape and, and um, being able to do the same as Sting, but it's not working for me. So. I hope. I hope he beats MJF. I really <laughs> You really don't like AEW. <laughs> is that AEW has so many great tag teams and Jeff Jarrett has only kind of just showed up. So it's like, no offense, Jeff, but aside from your name and status, what got you to a position that's able to be, you know, vying for the for the tag belts right now over the plethora of tag groups that they've got on the show. So, yeah, yeah I think that's that's one of the slightly annoying things. Again, Jeff Jarrett was, like, great in his match and thing with, with Sting and Darby Allen, but I kind of thought that was going to be it. If he wants to continue, that's fine, but I kind of think that maybe, like, I don't know, I, I don't think putting him in a tag title picture like, straight away is something that works for me. No. Well, we'll see after that. The Machine, Brian K to Jungle Boy. Afterwards, Jack called out Big Bill. I fucking hate that name as well. And caught a beatdown courtesy of him and Lee Moriarty. Hook made the save to a massive pop. Most fans thinking, where the fuck has he been? But my question is, and Gina, maybe you can help you with this, is why do all tall people hate Jungle Boy? It, it, there's, there's something about him. I, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to blame Luchasaurus and say that he put him on check, you know? Like, everyone saw, look, this big-ass Luchasaurus, for some reason, turn on Jungle Boy. He must have said something about his height. Everyone go for him. <laughs> yeah, you know? I'm going to interject right here and, and even go one better and actually say, what if Jungle Boy has the fetish? What if Jungle Boy... <laughs> 
love to rile up those tall or tall men, you know. You just look at them all their bad side. Maybe it's like a small man complex, like compared to tall men. Yeah. Even though he's not small for like his age, if that makes sense. But like compared to people like Manchester yeah. and stuff. Yeah, he's a small man. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, you have to bend, get through that door again, didn't you? Do like, always come on, not gonna help. Uh, but anyway, all joking aside, it was dead serious. Next is Malachi Black, Buddy Murphy, and Brody King returned to the ring for the first time since September fourth. Factories, QT Marshall, Cole Carter, and Aaron Solo. This was good shit. But I mean, Jaxie. I know you're probably the most positive out of all of us when it comes to AEW, maybe. <laughs> but I just can't help think they're going to drop the ball with the House of Black or just not feature them. They need to be featured weekly, you know? Yeah. I mean, I hope that doesn't happen because, you know, seeing them come back has definitely been like the, a highlight for me. I really felt like I was missing them when they were sort of gone. Um and they just dominated. They didn't even they didn't even stick to who they were meant to be fighting. They just went and took everyone out. The the way that Malachi Black just sat back as well. Just let let everyone else do it the work. And he was just staring at QT the whole time. If I was QT, I would have pissed myself already yeah, with the way that Malachi Black was staring at me. <laughs> yeah, I would not. <laughs> but I would have already gotten out of the ring and been like, Oh, I'll just leave you to those guys. Uh I don't think I was supposed to be part of this match anyway. I'll see you there. You know? <laughs> like, they didn't come for me. If I was QT, I would have gone already. His whole crew got annihilated, and then they all came for him. Like, that is how you, you book a team and make them dominant. Now it's just about keeping that momentum with them and not dropping the ball. And I'm worried about that because right now we don't really know how things are going to go about, but we obviously know that the elite are going to be probably the ones that come out of this uh, series of seven matches as the overall winner. Um, so to have a team like House of Black sort of come up out of nowhere and then take them out is is a good storyline. But you need to actually be consistent with, you know, booking them in a way that they're going to be relevant enough for everyone to actually feel the excitement if the elite do take the belts, because otherwise you're, you're really going to drop the ball on them really quickly, you know? Um they need to keep that momentum going. So we'll see how it goes. Well, we saw Chris Jericho, and after his loss to Claudio, it may well brought about a downfall that only intensified on Dynamite with a loss to competitor he referred to as Jobber, uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling standout Action Andretti. Now, the finish maybe wasn't that great, and a lot of people are calling this like the um, the one, two, three kid moment of Razor. It's not. But I can understand what you're trying to say. Uh, but my issue with this, if you're going to have Jericho lose, yes, to a so-called guy we don't know. But what about like John Silver? What about a victory for him or someone from Private Party? And it, someone like Eddie Kingston. I mean, that would have been nice. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, that would have been really fun. Yeah. Like to like kind of given a bit, like not not to take anything away from the the, the jobber that did get it. Um, but I mean it got that bad that the audience were shout were, were, were like behind the jobber but they were shouting jobber like that's not good <laughs> you know so like i mean i would have definitely like you said given john silver uh, uh you know um, a match scorpio sky oh, yeah. where has he been 
you know uh you could have even had like ethan page or lee moriarty there are so many sort of young dante martin you know that there, there are so many young upcoming stars that they do have on their roster that they sh- they should be keeping this momentum with you know even if they're uh, especially if they're not featured week in week out so to if they were going to do that to jericho to kind of you know build uh, continue on this storyline that of his they could have just used one of their own still yeah. on that yeah, that doesn't make uh, a lot of sense there. But then we see our next match, and it all goes back to All Out Zero Hour as Tay Mello shattered Ruby Soho's nose, which calls for Kyad surgery. Uh, and after the surprise return, a week ago, Soho battled Mello one-on-one. Look at the differences, and Soho got the win, but Anna Jay attacked afterwards, and it looks like the program is far from over. But again, Monty, this is my biggest problem with AEW. A women's match in this position again. It just... Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why they keep doing this. And again, Soho looked good. This match wasn't bad. But why in this position? In that position, uh, you know, not even 10 minutes. Or, you know, you know, if it was, I would be surprised that it was 10 minutes. Uh, like you said, in that same spot. And then it has an angle. It has something that you can actually... Like, it actually has a little bit of story with the history that they have together. So you would expect it to, to get treated a, a, with at least a little bit more importance, in my opinion. But, you know, I don't, again, it's, at this point, I feel like we're just, you know, we're arguing with the wall when it comes to that, the, the match slot because he is being 100% stubborn with that. He's, he's, he's changed it up a few times. We always give him a tip of the cap, like, oh, a women's match in the first hour. We always give him, <laughs> you know, love it. But that's about it. He's, he's, he's very consistent that that is where the most of the time one women's match of the show is going to be. And I, I hate the fact that we kind of just have to accept that. But like you said, no one here looked bad. I thought – uh, this was fine, and uh, I, I see what they were trying to do with getting Ruby this spot to get some, get a measure of revenge. But yeah, yeah, it's very unfortunate the treatment of the women's division uh, still at this point is not consistent. Yeah, well, hopefully that can change in 2023. Then winter will come in the main event, AEW World Championship and the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Ricky Starks versus MJF, and MJF recalled the rib injury that plagued the challenger in recent weeks, working the midsection of his opponent. Starks fought through the pain and appeared posed to make a comeback midway through the bout, but targeting the left arm and seeking assault of the earth. He finally did apply it, but absolute fought out. He sought the, he sought the Rochambeau on a few different occasions, but never fully able to execute it. MJF finally slivered out, used the referee as his shield, hit a low blow, and scored the tainted win. And afterwards, American Dragon chased his champion out of the arena, called setting up an eventual showdown. Uh, but Gina, I thought the crowd was great all night. Uh, but what did you think of Ricky Starks in the biggest match of his career? I mean, I think he did really well. Um, going into this match, the crowd were just behind Ricky 100%. And again, that's him building himself up throughout this whole year. So it's no surprise that the the crowd were behind him. And that's really hard because a lot of people kind of get food when they're with MJF because a lot of a lot of the fans out there are obviously MJF fans. Even though he's a heel, everyone still backs him. But um, for, for Ricky to get the pop that he did during that match was well-deserved because he has built, he's built himself up from the ground, you know, and he's earned that kind of like 
you know, stature to be cheered for, especially in a match of this high caliber for his career. So I was really pleased for him. It, it sucks to say, but I didn't exactly expect him to win this one because we all know MJF likes to pull dirty shit. So I, I did go into this thinking that MJF is going to pull something, but the, they both gave such a good match as well. It was awesome. Do you think the finish was right? Because I know a lot of people moan about MJF with dirty tactics, and I understand sometimes he'll straight, but how many times has Reigns won you know, clean in the past three years or whatever it is? Uh, did you have a problem with that, or did, did it protect of Starks a little bit? No, I mean, I think this is who MJF is, to be honest. So it didn't surprise me, but it didn't upset me. Um, for it I was just like oh of course you can't beat him in a clean way you know and it, for me it just kind of solidified well would you have won if you tried to win in a clean way or would Ricky have got it over you you just had to resort to that again you know um, but I wasn't annoyed by it at all because they still gave us a great match um, it's not exactly like it's kind of the repeated stuff that we've had on WWE in the past where you're like yeah we know the outcome of this match already this match kind of feels repetitive. Yeah, that's a typical finish. For me, it was still exciting to see, and they still had, like, Tom Foolery after. So it just kind of kept that after-match high. Yeah. I think even watching... I, also, I, also, um, I just wanted to add, James, that uh, I do think that uh, it was a, a good tactic to have MJF win that way. I do think that they also felt like protecting Ricky because, as he rightly kind of proved in that match... Uh, he is a sort of a future world champion um, and he gave a great performance. So to sort of thwart him and have him pinned clean straight away, it's just going to set him back a bit. So I think that they actually played this right for once. Yeah, I was about to say, but, you know, we talk about the future a lot and looking at the main event of winter is coming and seeing MJF versus Ricky Starks. is like, if they play it right, the future's now. You know, these two guys confused for the title for years and years to come, you know. Um, Monty, what were your thoughts on it? Because, again, a lot of people want MJF just, like, you know, take the victory. But I thought the match was good, and we're going to see how good MJF is because this is only his first total defence. Right, right. Uh, I, I agree with a lot of points you guys made uh, about both sides, and I think MJF really did a good job in his first defence of making the baby. Like, it just was had a – what I really liked the most about this is the true heel – face dynamic to it. Like you mentioned, in wrestling these days, it's really hard to get those crowds to not cheer for the for the heel, the cool heel, and, you know, kind of mix up the, the, the reaction. But that match, you knew who the fans wanted to win, and you knew who was not the good guy. It, it was really had a really good old-school feel to it, so I really appreciated that. Uh, but I'm, 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 I think the thing that I took away from this the most is that Ricky right now feels like a star. He feels like where right where he belongs. But here's my here's the thing. I, I felt that way about a, a, someone I'll mention later on the show when we're doing awards. I felt this way about a couple other people so far in AEW. And it, they have not always been consistent at continuing up on that. And I just hope that after this, he's not just – Ricky doesn't just fall yeah. to the wayside and just become someone who challenged once before and, you know, whatever. whatever. I want him to continue to be around, even if it's not the world title picture – the you know a title picture and I want him to be prominent on our television screens because I think that's what he showcased in this spot that he belongs next to a guy like MJF on our television screens every week 
and not uh, being not the inconsistent thing, stop and start booking that we see in AEW so much. So that's the thing I kind of came away from it, just hoping that both of these guys can continue to be, uh, you know, around the top of AEW's card for years to come because I think this looked like a great little peek into possibly the future of wrestling. Yeah, without shadow of doubt, completely uh, agree with okay. you. Uh, so that is it for AW. Hopefully we're going to catch up before the new year, um, but we'll see what happens. And before the 8th annual WNR Awards, I think Monty thought I nearly forgot, but it is your turn now for a song, young man. So here we go. <clears throat> I... <laughs> you make me laugh before, man. I've got to try and get through it without laughing. <laughs> oh, my word. I saw Monty kissing Santa Claus underneath what? the toe last night. He didn't see me creep down the stairs to have a peep. He thought that I was tucked up in my bedroom fast asleep. Then I saw Monty tickle Santa Claus underneath his beard snow snowy one. Oh no! Oh, what a laugh it would have been if Jaxie and Gina had only seen Monty kissing Santa Claus. Thank God last they did. Night. There you go, Monty. Yeah, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> oh, I always get the shorty end of the stick around here. <laughs> all the songs you could have picked, and you picked that one. Of all the songs. With the sexual tension between James and Monty, too. And this is exactly where those rumors come from. But it, I don't fit. like Santa Claus like that, people. But okay. Well, but this is well, how well, kind of you know. Santa Claus ticklish. Hey, don't ask me. I don't know what James talking about. James almost had me admit it to something that's not true. <laughs> No, 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 that's James' story. I did story. not I tickle Santa Claus. <laughs> take this bottle of tequila and just down it. Just take this tequila bottle. I got thing, Oh, please, pass it ASAP. Oh, my God. Right. Maybe he meant something. I have a twin that you guys don't know. He's also called Munch. Yeah, there you go. That guy. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Look, I have evidence it's in song. All right? So I'm not... But anyway, we will move on because, of course, now it is time. And uh, before we do anything, sorry, I've got to do the W Award theme song, which I've done for the past eight years. Da, 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 <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WN Awards 2022, our eighth annual show, and it has given us a great turnout, as you can see from the audience right here. Now, Gina, this is your first time, so we know it can be tough, but we will help you through. And like we said, Jackson and Monty have done this before, so, you know, there's more pressure on them, all right? Right. Did you did you get permission to use 
<laughs> that, that's the double right theme. Right all right. Okay. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we have not taken that from anywhere else. Thank you very much. And I'll tell you everything else. Anybody listening to the songs want to copyright first? It's a parody, so you can't. So get over that. All right. I might have butchered <laughs> just songs, but there's no copyright infringement. Thank you very much. Um, so as we talk right here, let's look at last year's awards quickly. All right, because there is one award we give. There is 25 categories, uh, but the one award we give is one to watch. Uh, so why don't we go back and have a look at who we picked last year? So my one to watch. Okay. Yeah. See, there's a bit of here. My one to watch was Alex uh, Cochlin, who, of course, suffered a major injury <laughs> in 2022 <laughs> and didn't wrestle the vast majority. <laughs> that worked out well for you, then. Yeah, well, my, fun to watch walking up there. My second pick was Sam Bradwell, <laughs> who's released by WWE in September oh. of this year. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, you're not doing. You're already starting off really badly, aren't you? Well, this is saying it doesn't fill me with joy for the year-end predictions, but any anything could happen. But I mean, you guys think you're so smart, Monty. Your pick last year, you had two, was Damien Priest and Carmelo Hayes. What the fuck have they done? Oh, spot on, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, I mean, like you got. You still got to give Damian Priest credit for the fact that he has been heavily featured throughout the whole year. So there, it's something. Let's go. Well, uh-uh, I'm taking it. That's right, a dub. T- t- Melo alone is a dub for me. <laughs> Great choices, <laughs> but Monty, they pal, they sure. fuck off. They Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's uh, great. Too much to drink, I think. But anyway, but it pales in comparison because, Jaxie, you literally, like, oh hold, hold my fucking beer. Her pick, <coughs> one to watch, okay. Jamie Hater. Fucking way. Hey, let's go. Way. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I told you. Jay Sight. Yeah. so be very careful what you pick this year because we will be looking back at at some of it (laughs) but now I'll be able to now say well do you remember that other year that I won with Jamie Hayter so (laughs) 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 I'm glad you've taken it well uh, what we'll do is we start the 8th Annual Dublin Awards. I'd say 25 categories. Uh, I've put them in a certain order to hopefully build some excitement. Uh, and we're going to start off this year with Entrance of the Year. Now, to be fair, I'll start this one and then we'll go round as it was because it is quite difficult to think of awards sometimes. And I'm a little bit of a cop-out for this one because, yes... There are great entrances, but I think the entrance at Steve is at WrestleMania when we weren't sure who Seth Rollins' opponent would be, and all of a sudden we we saw, we heard the exact entrance, the music, everything down to you know the finest detail from Cody Rose in AEW into WWE, and when he made his way out, 
with that music, I honestly could not believe it. And I think for me, that is the greatest entrance that I've seen this year, I'd be fair to say. Uh, so I'm going to put Cody Many Return. And Cody might feature heavily on my list. Um, Jaxie, we'll start with you there. Who, what's your entrance of the year? Can be anything. Um, I this was really difficult for me. I had like three different choices. Uh, ultimately, I have gone with uh, House of Black. Um, I just think that there's just such an ominous presence that they give off with their entrance, and every time the lights have all just gone out, like the excitement level of it being House of Black has always just been up there. They're so intriguing to just watch. Um, you just never know where they're going to end up because if they keep dipping in and out of the lights and they just turn up in that other place. They, As a unit, they just look so much like a boss team. Um, so, yeah, I've gone with them. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Uh, Monty, what about you? Entrance of the year. Yeah, I, and I'm glad you did that. What you picked, what you picked, Jerry, because uh, I wrote that down initially, and I was like, someone is probably going to pick that one. So I'm gonna go with one that was may not be better than Cody's entrance, but I do think it was one of the best entrances, one, one of the most memorable, at least for the, of the year for me. And the reason why I know that is because this happened all the way in January. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that I still remember it, just I thought that stuck out to me and why I should choose it. I choose Seth Rollins when he popped up in his shield gear yeah. <laughs> in yeah. a full shield homage entrance yeah. in the crowd in Roman Reigns' face when he saw him playing those amount of mind games. It was just perfect. Uh, the shots were great. And if, if I remember it right, that was definitely the match of the Royal Rumble That because I think Brock won this year. So, yeah, definitely the biggest, the best match of, the, of that Royal Rumble, even though it finished with a DQ. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the Seth Rollins interest in his full shield gear to play mind games on Roman. It had a little story element to it too. I thought that was that was probably my favorite entrance that I can remember this year. Yeah, that's an excellent shout, uh, Gina. What about you? Um, I kind of really didn't know which one to choose for this one, so I just kind of I chose Bray Wyatt. Yeah. You were since it obviously yes, turned yes, extreme yes. rules when he came back. Yeah, that return the door, you know? was great. So. Yeah, I just yeah. Put, yeah. Uh, can I also? I'm going to actually give a shout out as well to. I I don't want to do this, but I do. I just need to give a shout out to uh, the elite for coming out to with, with carry on my wayward sons. I mean, it was just. Like everyone knew they were coming back, but that was like the nice little shocker that uh, sort of like just really got the crowd going. Um, It's a a classic song. It's great. Um, And I actually think it works for them as a team. I think that's a, yeah. Like I said, we will do shout outs as well. Don't worry. If someone has got, you know, like I said, it is difficult to kind of round it down to a certain thing. But that's entrance. Up next, we'll do commentate of the year. And uh, Jaxie, you can start us off. Okay, I've definitely gone with Excalibur. I have to give it to him. I don't know if he's been taking lessons from Twister or not, but the way that he can just <laughs> consistently, consistently uh, like read matches out to you in uh, to and actually have it make sense still that you can actually understand what he's saying in so qu- quick uh, succession of one another. It's just, is yeah. 
um, he's just really been on it. His commentary as well, uh, when it's with like been with certain people like um, uh, William Regal has just always been excellent. Um, and I think he's just uh, he's carried a lot of the AEW commentary. So um, I've given him a shout out this year. Yeah, I think like I said, the sexual chemistry between Excalibur. Yeah, Excalibur and Regal was unbelievable. Right? <laughs> I just I kind of I'm gonna miss that the most between the two. <laughs> uh Monty, what about you for commentate with the year? Yeah, uh, this was uh, a little bit interesting to me because I was like, should I do this? Because I, I guess a part of the year I guess I shouldn't count them. But you know, man, we came a long way with Michael Cole. You know, Michael Cole was I remember on a few years a decade ago. Probably most of this last decade, actually, people really did not like Michael Cole on commentary, and and for deservedly so for the most part. But I think after hearing him post Vince McMahon, you cannot tell me that Michael Cole was the problem. Like for some reason, he's become the one of the like he just he's always timely, he's logical, he says the right thing. Like I don't know what the hell happened to Michael Cole. But all I know is this is the most entertained I've ever been by Michael Cole. Probably, and I don't want to say his career, because I actually liked him with Taz, too. I liked him back then when he was with Taz. But, again, at the end of the day, I, this is probably the best year for Michael Cole as a commentator, especially post-Vince McMahon. The only thing that was making me hard, like, should I give it to him? Because, you know, a big chunk of the year he was still under Vince's thumb. But since, he, since Vince put the headset down, Michael Cole's game has stepped up tremendously to me and I just wanted to give him some flowers here so I, I went with Michael Cole yeah that, that is actually a really really good pick uh, Gina what about you right so originally I said um, I, I had down Excalibur but I did say if somebody says him then I'll go with my next pick so because um, my sis went with Excalibur which shout out to all of his quotes and quips that he comes out with whenever MJF is on screen is absolutely brilliant. Um, but I'm going to go with Renee Kett, um, just giving her a shout out because she came back. She was meant to get her husband back this year. They were meant to go have a nice family holiday. Um, she couldn't because her man had to come back because of certain reasons. And so she was like, you know, fuck it, then I'm going to come back and I'm actually going to work then. If he's going to be there, I'll be there with him. So she came back and she looks damn good too. So uh, I'll give her a shout out. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, it's really difficult to pick out um, with these choices. I'm going to shout out because I watch New Japan Strong to Alex Kozlov, who is probably my favourite Hill commentator because he loves think <laughs> the Bullet Club or anything like that. Always having to go at Rocky Romero as well. Great stuff. Taz has been really entertaining. And I hate to say it, since JR yes. kind of be taking off Dynamite, the dyna- dy- dynamic... Taz is killing it. Yeah, between Taz, Taz. Tony, uh, and of course Excalibur as well. And to get his promotion to the main roster, like fair play to Barrett. But my commentator, yeah. again, a bit left field from Impact, but I swear to God, he is probably the best right now. Drama King, Matt Raywalt. Without a shadow of a doubt, there was just something about him on commentary. During WrestleMania week, I think he uh, did commentary on like six events in one day. That just shows you kind of what he was. And he, he's even retired from wrestling now and constantly. Uh, everybody didn't know the former aid in English. And he's just one of these guys you see outside WWE where it's just like, give it a couple oh, yeah, of years. Right. And he, Wait, you know, so the former. Out. 
he's an English is now commentator, is he? Yes, he's on the impact yes. now, yeah. And oh, okay. with the old and he used to do a good commentator. Yes. I could see I could see him being good. Yeah, no, he's really, really good. Does new Japan events as well sometimes. Uh, and like right. I said, okay, yeah. really, really good what he does. And uh, again, I hate to say it, but Tom or Todd uh, Phillips, the football, Tom Hannafan, as he is now, that those two together, yeah. it does feel like sometimes it's quite a good commentary team. And for impact, I've not said that in decades. So let's <laughs> fair play. Poor Josh, man. <laughs> yeah. <Aww>. <laughs> Uh, but we'll move on. Up next, uh, Monty, you can do this one. It is, again, Dying Breed, Manager of the Year. Man, like you mentioned, Dying Breed, I really, this was tough for me, man. It's just everyone I thought of, I was like, well, I don't see them enough. and Or they didn't, I don't know if I remember them doing much memorable uh, in the spot. The only person next to my pick that I thought of, and I was like, you know, I could give Stokely a shout out. Because, I mean, I do like the little bit of the work he's been doing as a manager. But, you know, again, this is kind of recent to me. So, I just went ahead and gave it to Paul Heyman. I don't think anyone's been more consistent, more on TV, even though he hasn't really done a lot of, uh, like, interfering or much of anything other than what he does best on the mic. Uh, he's the most consistent, and he's actually on television pretty much every other week when Roman's there. So, you know, uh, I, I think I probably copped out, but I'm going to go with Paul Heyman. I mean, I said I was a shout out to Hayden as well, just because of the consistency in the business. Uh, Gina, yeah, Gina, what about you, Manager of the Year? Um, I went with Regal, um, because technically, like he's just been with the Blackpool Combat Club all year, and again, he's been on on the show consistently as well. So, um, I went with Regal. Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, my shout, again, apologies for a bit left field. People don't watch just WWE and AEW. But this is a man who taught me how to say Kazoo Chica. Oh, uh, <laughs> I will thank him. I thought of Lord Giddy. you got to go for it. The man who I saw in front of 50 people, that will never do it back in 2016, <laughs> is now in charge and managing one of the greatest groups of the day. Yes, Lord Gideon Gray is my manager of the year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, what about you? Um, I actually went as uh, the same my sister. I went with William Regal too. I think he did excellent work with what little time he actually had in AEW when we look back on it. Um, and he left the company uh, with what well, he left the wrestlers that he worked with within the company in a great place. Um, I also just have to commend him for just really wanting to go back to train his son. It's just a commendable thing to do. Um, so I've got a lot of respect for Regal and just felt like I wanted to uh, give it to him. Without a shadow of a doubt, he did deserve it. Uh, right, we move on to promo of the year. Gina, I know this is a difficult one, but who would you say is your promo? It can be a particular promo or a person or whatever it is you feel comfortable with. Yeah, this one was really difficult for me because, again, even though I watch a lot of wrestling throughout the year, there's just not one that I could specifically pinpoint. Um, so again, probably because it's just one of the more recent things that's happened, I'd say Ricky Starks' promo on MJF. Yeah, that, but that's it. Starts that night. I mean, I know we 
him. <laughs> Maybe differently than most people do. But if people didn't see a star that night, then you're looking at yeah. the wrong way. Don't watch wrestling anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, my promo, it was difficult. Again, you know, Kevin Owens would probably be there around about, but I couldn't put a particular thing on it. But I know there's one promo that I watched in its entirety, maybe two or three times, and that is a promo CM Punk gave at the All Out press conference. It's probably <laughs> my favourite thing that I've seen. I don't know if it's the muffin eating or Tony Khan's face or whatever it was, but I just thought those words by <laughs> Punk is just wonderful. So I'm going to say the All Out press conference. That's a bit of a cop-out, but I can't help it. Uh, Jaxie? Um, okay, so I, uh, had MJF, uh, promo, the one to CM Punk, um, because that really just stood out to me first and foremost as like one of the uh, best ones that everyone was just kind of like, they didn't know whether or not just to be like dumbstruck, shocked with what he was coming out with or whether or not to, uh, sort of like be laughing at the fact that it was calling out, you know, sort of Punk's time in WWE and things like that. Um, that promo for me just really stood out to me. There was another one uh, in New Japan wrestling that was like, um, uh, it was a one by Zack Sabre Jr. Um, I can't really remember when it was. It was just during the G1 and he just had a full on breakdown and, I just have to give him a special shout-out because it was brilliant. <laughs> hey, what? Shout-out to Jay White's clapping promo as well after one of the... Yeah, see? That was oh, yeah. A... That was one of my shout-outs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Monty. Didn't mean to steal your thunder. <laughs> What's... No, no, What's no. Good thing? point, man. <laughs> uh, so, like, my person, like you just mentioned, like, I thought Jay White consistently all throughout the year was on fire um, pretty much promo-wise. Like, you can just sit and listen to that man ramble and be the cocky SOB that he is all day. And like you mentioned, Zach Sabre Jr. is a great shout. He's always a good time on the mic. Like I said, I love quoting him about waiting on people to do suicide dives. He think like, <laughs> how dumb wrestlers are. Like, just move out the way. <laughs> anyway, I just, he's just so smart. That's what I love most about Zach. But my promo of the year, and I think it's more so, it wasn't really about the promo as it is about the moment and just kind of like what I realized. It was Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, of course, in the Uzi situation. And when they all broke character and just like, and they just, everyone, including the fans, started to laugh and have fun with them. That was just when I realized this Bloodline stuff is special. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is some special stuff that we're watching with the with the way they're crafting the Bloodline story. So, I think uh, that stuck out the most to me. So, I just wrote Usi. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, the, I'm glad someone's mentioned Usi because that, the, the whole Sami Zayn thing as well this year has been top notch. Um, but we'll move on to our next award, and it is quite a good one. Most improved. Now, this is going to be... <laughs> it's just all a matter of opinion, I suppose, uh, but most improved for me this year. And I've got to admit, I know she's no longer, as we spoke about, in WWE right now, but Mandy Rose, I put some respect on her name this year when I just didn't think she had Same. anything. Uh, and Tox Action, I think, just, you know, was a good gimmick. And Mandy, whatever she wants to do, 
but I have game respect. So I've got to say she is the most improved this year. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Okay, this is probably going to sound so left field for me, but um, I thought about this actually earlier today and changed the original answer I had. But I'm going with Austin Theory on this. Um, this is like sort of like comparing his character for when Vince was still in control to the character that he is now. And there is such improvement just even from the mic talk, let alone the entrance. Like, he, he's someone to take seriously now. And I'm pretty sure if we go back to the beginning of this year, there is definitely at least one podcast where I discuss saying that I can't take him seriously. He comes across as a joke, um, this, that and the other. And he's really made me like sort of pay attention as of late. So I've gone with Austin Theory. Yeah, that's as you know. That's it, what we see and how we feel about certain superstars. Well, it's that the same with Mandy Rose with Theory of like they're not legitimate threats. And they've improved that with us and showed her actual skills. Uh, Monty, I didn't take yours, did I? Uh, no, no, you did not. Uh, I just, no, you didn't. I, I wanted to give her a shout, though, because I agree. I just, I removed her because I was like, well, it, maybe, you know, maybe James will have it. Or it's, I also was like, well, they just fired her. So I was like, you know what? I'll go with this pick because I felt like uh, it just, it, it, you know, you guys will understand it a little bit better, especially with what the, where they are now. And I think the most improved to me would be acclaim. Uh, a few years ago when they showed up during, uh, you know, down in the Jacksonville show, they were not really taken seriously at all. They were just for uh, – and then most of even last year, they were pretty much just bring Max out so he could say something, you know, funny on the mic. And, you know, you, you watch – the people watch their matches, but, you know, I don't think anyone saw them taking off and scissoring taking off the way it did this year. So I, I really want to show them love as a tag team, especially being tag team champions. Now, I didn't see that at the beginning of the year, so – uh yeah, I'm going with the acclaimed. That's a great pick. Uh Gina, what about you for most improved? Um, no word of a lie, I only have one one pick and that's the acclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the acclaimed. Sweet. If you think about it, you know, even Anthony Bowen was getting, you know, sort of a lot of hate online um for quite a bit because of, you know, his sexual orientation. And so the fact that, like, he was kind of receiving that and then look at where he is right now, I, I'd say, like, their improvement over the whole year is just not only, like, in terms of just getting fan support, they wrestle really well. They've kept up their their characters to the point that they're still relevant and sitting is actually a thing. I would still not do it if I was in the actual live crowd. I would not be sitting in there. I'm sorry, but it's just not for me. I still... I still enjoy seeing others enjoy that, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely can uh, change it from anyone else because I just had the one be acclaimed. Yeah, like I said, excellent picks. Move on to comeback of the year. Now, we've had a few comebacks of the year, but Jaxie, you can start us off. Who's your one to make the biggest comeback in your eyes this year? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Becky. Uh, I think she had the biggest impact. Um, and right from like her comeback, she's kind of just been like a hundred percent go. So I've gone with Becky on this one. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I said, she is the main event star, isn't she? Uh, Monty, what about you for comeback? Not so much the same success as Becky, but her comeback is 
still etched in my head because I was so shocked when Dakota Kai and EO returned next to her. I'm giving Bailey some love uh, for coming back at SummerSlam. Yeah, that's a great show. Uh, Gina, what about you for comeback? Um, I've put this person down, but can you let me if it, know if it was this year or not? Because I kind of forgotten. I really have. Um, but I put Cody, Cody Rhodes, going back to WWE. Does that count? Yeah, that works. Yeah, that, that was works. WrestleMania this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I went with Cody. I cannot believe in a year that Stone Cold Steve Austin made his comeback. Um, <laughs> You'll see why I, I didn't put that. Well, no, no, I put that reason, something else. Yeah, I've not gone for him either. I've actually gone Paige okay. to come back because all the haters <laughs> that Paige again five years out with an injury that was going to be career-ending uh, to show up. I know she's only had one match, but like we said, the comeback complete. Only if it's that. So I'd say um, Sarai, Paige, whoever you want to know. <laughs> I think that would uh, be my pick. Up next, we've got Tweet of the Year. Again, this is another difficult one. Can be a certain tweet in itself or someone who's just entertaining on Twitter. Uh, Monty, who have you got? You know my peak, my guy. You should know it. Right after Forbidden Door, he had the time of his life in Vegas. All hell, the great Ocon. I have the photo saved to my phone of him riding a huge part, part of the male genitalia. So <laughs> he has the time of his life in Vegas. All hell, the great Ocon. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it fuck. You know when you forget about saying, and then you just picture how he was on that phallus. Like, he was like the time of his life. Brilliant. Um, Gina, what about you? Um, as in tweet of the year, yes. yeah. Yep. Um, well, or, I didn't... Or, or favourite man riding a penis, but I think we'll... we'll... <laughs> <laughs> That definitely takes the cake. But, um, but no, like for me, I, it was hard because there's quite, there's so many tweets. It's really hard to kind of pinpoint one. I can't remember whose tweet it was. Maybe it was Will Ospreay's, but him being in the locker, that made me laugh. Um, I think he was in someone's locker backstage and they, someone tweeted a video of that. That was funny. Um, he, was in, he was in Okada's locker. That's it, Okada's yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but that was funny. Um, but so have uh, written down just because it's recent and I cannot stop wetting myself at the picture um, is the Becky Lynch holding her baby but with Sami Zayn's face. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's oh my. It just gets me laughing every time I look at it, so I had to give it a shout. <laughs> I was <laughs> my tweet... Uh, it's, it's going back some time uh, because, like I said, Twitter's do get new stories kind of breaking. Uh, but I think my favourite tweet has actually got me excited for a match. And we talked about Stone Cold Steve Austin just a minute ago for comebacks. It was the tweet he released when he was on the Broken Skull Ranch announcing that he would come back to fight Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Man, I must have watched that a few times and through Twitter as well, so I've got to say, that's my tweet of the year, seeing Stone Cold mm. confirming his 
return. Uh, Jackson. Um, I feel like my ones are like stupid what picks. <laughs> uh, so I, I I picked two because they were both just equally funny and I couldn't choose, like choose which one. So my first one is, is is a video that Will Osprey put up of himself and he's just in some hot spring, um, and it's completely silent for about ten seconds. And then he's look he looks around and he's clearly with other people and he just goes. I'm pissed I am, you know, and it, it's just the way that he comes out with it. It was just so funny. I couldn't stop laughing. Um, he just looked like he was having a great time, but also just he looked like he was pissed. So must be having a great time. The other promo is the one of the great Okan showing everyone how blessed he is downstairs, but us. <laughs> <laughs> I was like laughing my head off that like he was just like walking around showing people his, his thing, camera. And everyone was like, oh, my God. Like, Jeff Cobb's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was funny. Oh, hell. Oh, oh. hell, the great O'Connor. I think we're going to call this. Heavyweight champion, by the way. Yes. Well, I, was, I cannot. He won the Rev Pro title. Like, <laughs> come on. That's, That's the guy awesome. I want representing Britain. That, that is oh, the man. Oh, hell, yeah. We might call it the Great O'Connor Award next year. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, up next and we could either lump them together or we'll do them separately Uh, up first the holy shit good moment of the year so we've got two holy shits this one is the best holy shit moment of the year Uh, Gina I'm going to start with you and I know it's going to be really tough because I've copped out with my answer yeah I had no idea what to put here so I've gone with something completely random and I've gone with um, almost throwing Bobby Lashley to victory. Because I did not see that happening. I think they were having a Hell in a, hell in a Cell match and almost threw Bobby Lashley, but he went through the, the cell and then landed up on the outside and then got the win. So, yeah, I've just gone with that. No, fair enough, like I said. But for me, I, I, there wasn't a moment I could pick. So I, I've picked 2022. That's what I think as my holy shit moment. <laughs> what a cop out. Like, what, do you know what it is? You're right, James. That's the cop out. Oh, man. That's the cop out. How the fuck cop can out. you do it? In a year, Stone Cold returned. Like, Zane <laughs> at WrestleMania. The premium live events. Main events and matches. We've had a match here in every premium live event this year. It's like... You can't, all the good stuff, all the wrestlers you want come back. You just can't, I can't put my finger, I can't pick one. My head explodes, all right? I am picking 2022. And if you hate that answer, you're going to hate my holy shit bad answer. Uh, (laughs) Jaxie, what about you? Holy shit moment, good. Well, I didn't cop out like you. The first thing that I thought of when, um, like in terms of a good holy shit moment is Kyrie Sane winning the first ever um, IWGP women's title. So I've gone with that. That's a much better like answer it. than mine. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, making history, James. Yep, I think yep. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, Monty, <laughs> I should have put Great Akan riding that penis, but uh, Monty, yes. you... <laughs> that would have worked. <laughs> Yo, uh, honestly, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I saved Austin just for this moment. 
my holy shit good was everything having to do with the Austin and Kevin Owens match all the way from the beginning, the entrances, through the entire brawl, all the way to the horrible Vince McMahon stunner. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that was so great. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I actually had to look away. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he never could take it that good. It only got worse. <laughs> it only got worse over the years. But, yeah, Austin, Kevin Owens, that was holy. That, holy shit, that was good, man. Yeah. Well, holy shit bad, and I'll get this out of the way. I've gone 2022 again uh, because there is so much that. Oh happened. my god! Well, no, but the thing is, though, it's like NXT UK kind of just dissolved and went out of business. You could have just told it, you know. But no, but then you've had other horrible stuff happen throughout the year as well, you know. That's so. So I, I think 2022 for all the good stuff, we've had some the horrible kind of the news as well. Like the whole CM yeah. Punk thing with the Elite. All that left a bad taste in them. I'm going to say 2022 again. I know. Jaxie, what about you? Oh, you cop out. You absolutely <laughs> cop out. <laughs> well, go on then. What's your... <laughs> well, I didn't know you didn't call out anyone. So how I, did, I just say, Jax, you, you were want... too busy shouting at me. You see, this is what happens. We're at the yeah, cottage. Well, you have too much exactly. to drink. This is what happens, you know. Just calm down. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. My holy shit bad moment was uh, witnessing Hangman Page's concussion. That, like, actually had me really scared uh, when I saw that. So I went with that. Yeah, that's like I said, we don't see anybody injured. And we've seen quite a lot of that in 2022. Well, we've our truth in NXT, of course, um, Page as well. Uh, Monty, what about you? Yeah, you mentioned this as your promo of the year. And on the stances of just like a promo, I, I give you props for that, James. It was a hell of a promo. But the results from that promo <laughs> and the just the visual just visually watching Tony Khan just watch this <laughs> huge conflict. <laughs> Happen. Just let like, it Right, just let this conflict grow and this <laughs> man get angrier and angrier <laughs> right next to him. <laughs> 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 He's literally getting incensed the longer the promo goes and you're just sitting there like, nothing's going on. I, I don't even know if he was listening to Punk at that point. But <laughs> He was thinking when his next line is, man. He was, yeah, <laughs> something um, like that. His son wants stuff to do, things to say. Exactly. So yeah, that and all the fallout of it, getting physical at you know being a professional, getting physical at work, all of that nastiness. That was probably the worst from it. Even if we get uh, business from it later, there's no doubt in my mind that you know AEW took a reputation hit that night. It was all because they they could not keep things under control better. So yeah, I'm going with that. Right, Gina. What about you for holy shit bad? Um, again, you'll have to remind me if this was this year, because I can't remember if it was, but I've put the Beth and Edge concertos. Yeah, it feels longer, but yeah, it was, <laughs> it was oh my God, Crown Jewel, they say, only a wow. couple of months ago, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I went with yeah. that, because it was just heartbreaking watching that, that happen, you know, she'd come out looking like a boss and save her man, and then they both got waxed, you haven't seen them again. So they went into the abyss, and I'm going to give them a shout-out. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's a good shout. Uh, we move on to Most Loved. Again, another two awards coming up. Most Loved and Most Hated. So the Internet's Most Loved 
can do no wrong. Uh, Jaxie, w- w- you start us off with this one. Oscar. Everyone loves Oscar. <laughs> I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. No, I mean, yeah. no. You, you know, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> no, like, I, I literally don't even have anything remotely to point out. <laughs> whether she's like posting on Instagram or whether or not she's in the ring, whether or not she's a heel or a face, she like the internet love her. So she's an awesome graphic designer, by the way. Like all those edits, yeah, and stuff she does. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> creative on on her instagram page that like you just gotta give you know so yeah, yeah. Uh, monty are you most loved uh i'm going with sammy zane every time it's an issue in this world or you know something similar to what he's doing with his my dog shirts for syria he's just an awesome dude and just like the, every time you hear him he talks about anything whether it's every time you get a little bit of a uh, a peek into who he actually is in a person. You just see that Sammy is a special guy, and I'm so happy that everything is coming together from him on television too. So I, I love watching. I love listening and seeing what Sammy has to say because he usually is a uh, one of those people who are uh, on the right side when it comes to uh, you know history and all of that. So I love Sammy Zane's Twitter. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Gina, what about you? Most loved can do no wrong. Um, I feel like my answer is a bit of a cop out with this one, but I went with Roman Reigns because everyone just loves him, and I haven't seen like anyone. I hate Roman Reigns. He's just so. I don't know how. I I don't even have a word to put there because I just don't have a bad word. So I'm gonna <laughs> cop out with Roman. All right. I I know people are gonna have a go at me about this one, but my. The most loved thing on Twitter and the internet is the glory days. You know, like the amount of messages we see, oh, it should go back to where the attitude era was. Should go back to... Attitude era. Attitude era. Should go back... Yeah, we should go back to, like we said, gravy bowl matches. Women were treated with no respect whatsoever. When we had five-minute matches Two-minute matches. Exactly. Like, you know. But people... This is a problem. When you look back with these kind of rose-tinted <sighs> glasses and you think about, oh, look at the 1980s with, you know, these big guys on top selling out arenas, the amount of shit that you would have. There has been no more talented roster in WWAW than there is now. What these guys can do mm-hmm. at this level. And to look back and say, but even like, oh, AEW, it's the summer of punk. And it's like, just come up and sank yourself. Stop trying right. to repeat what history was. And this is why the bloodline, and again, is so important because it is something we're going to look back in 20 years and go, we wish we had the bloodline. And we don't fucking realise kind of how important it is, but it infuriates me when people go, oh, it should be like the good old days, you know, should have violence and all this. And it's like, no, there's a reason why wrestling has become what it's become. And let's leave the so-called glory days in the past. Exactly. I agree 100%. Yeah, I don't know if it was going to be a cop-out or not. Uh, so, most hated, uh, Monty, who is the internet's most hated? I don't necessarily know if he deserves it, but I don't, if you ask me this year, man, I don't know who got more consistent hate than Sammy Guevara <laughs> <laughs> or anything. I don't know about all of that, but like, you'll understand. You can just be on Twitter randomly. Uh, I saw someone literally tweet this out, and this doesn't have any bearing on it, but just to show you just how 
much some people don't like when they be like, ah, good morning to everyone except Sammy Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn, like, what did he do? <laughs> so, yeah, Sammy Guevara gets a lot of hate. I don't know if it's all deserved. He definitely had some moments this year where it seemed like he may have deserved some of it. But, yeah, he gets a lot of hate. It's weird you're most loved and most hated to both Sammys. So maybe they need to learn right? from each other a little bit. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, yes. <laughs> Gina, what about you? Who's the most hated? Sorry, I forgot to take myself off mute. Um, I, I, I really didn't know who to put here because, again, I mainly just stare at Ricky Stark's um, social media. So I don't really see a lot of others. Um, I would have said Sammy Guerra as well, but I have put Mia Yim because she actually just got bullied off the platform, you know, at the end of the year. And I thought that that was a bit OTT and fans stick their nose right there. Fucking belong. Um, yeah, just gone with Mia because she's actually been like you know booted off of it. Yeah, mm. no, I, yeah, no, I completely agree. Cause my most hated, and again, people might say it's a cop out or not, and could do um, no right. Is women wrestlers at this moment in time on Twitter just can't mm. seem to do any right. These either if they post like a, a racy picture, whether it is, they get called all the names under the sun. If they don't, they're approved. Like I said, the whole me yim situation with the picture with theory was a fucking disgrace to wrestling fans uh, and for anybody like first off, why should we care about personal relationships to begin with in wrestling? Just enjoy the product as a whole. But these treatment and it'll just See, even with Impact, you know, with wrestlers throughout and seeing how they get treated, like people like Mickey James and Deanna Perazzo, uh, even through AEW with kind of Britt Baker and the hate she gets. Sarai, Paige, like the shit that she gets, uh, which is probably unfair, even into, like I said, with the Mia Yim situation. It just seems any women wrestler at the moment, like even the Mandy Rose thing, is people just take offense yeah. either one way or the I mean, other. You, know, you can even include Nyla Rose in there as well with uh, yep. the top comments she gets. Um, you know, my my pick is actually Ty Conti. Um, again, you rightly just pointed out, James, that a wrestler's personal life isn't any of our business. And as much as we know that, like, it was aired out uh, as to how Sammy and Ty got together, the amount of slack she still continues to get is just, you know... It, it's continuous, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, in general, I think we're all going with just a bunch of women here because, yeah, you're right. The whole, none of the people right now can do anything right. No. And I hate to say it, but sometimes yeah. it needs addressing, you know? And, and like we said, uh, Dubbing Our Podcast has been featuring women wrestling prob- prominently since 2015. And that isn't going to change. Like, it was people telling Paige they, that, that they were happy about her. They you know, hope they hope she re her neck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like scum, man. Like, come on, man. It's like, oh, like yeah, some, I agree. Just, then, then why are you investing so much time in, in throwing all this hate at them? I honestly can't understand. I don't get it. These folks mm. really don't because it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, there are people out there that I don't particularly like or warm to. So, But do you think I follow them? Do you think I see anything mm. of them? No, because I don't. I'm not really interested. But am I investing any more time into them by sending them hate? No, because why am I going to waste my time on someone I dislike? And it's just it's, it's 
getting so ridiculous now because the, the women, just like you said, James, can do no right. So, yeah, it's, it's sad to see. Uh, we'll move on to most underrated wrestler out there. Uh, again, it can be anything we see. I mean, my pick is a little bit uh, weird as well. Uh, but Gina, underrated. Who's the most underrated wrestler in your eyes this year? Um, I'm really, I really struggled with this one as well. There's lots to choose from, but I kind of didn't really know who to go with. So I kind of have gone with a tag team um, and I've gone with Aussie Open. Um, I, I, I don't really have a, I have a great reason why, but I just feel like they're underrated and they need to be featured more because they're great. Well, one of the things, and especially like with me watching Impact and NXT, and I think with Monty, I don't want to speak for Monty, but New Japan, you do see these talents or these wrestlers, and it's like, you go, how does no one? It's like with me with Pretty Deadly. It's like, how does not everybody know how good this team is? Like you said, with Aussie Open, are going to be the future mm-hmm. of tag team wrestling. You go, how does no one know? Like, is this a secret? Uh, and like I said, it's an excellent pick because those two guys. Um, are going to have like huge success in the next few years, and like I said, they were going to mm-hmm. people are going to see him and go, "Oh, hang on a minute here." And we've been lucky enough to see him mix with FTR, uh, you know. So, like I said, a great pick. With me, it's a little bit different because my underrated guy is now getting more airtime than he has done recently. But it's Ricochet. Now, the reason why I've picked Ricochet is, in my eyes, and what I've seen. And you ask them, they'll tell you. Ricochet can do everything Will Ospreay can do. Will Ospreay can do. Yeah. Yes. I knew and, it was coming. Yeah, and, this, and I hate to say it, but it's true. I've seen these two. I was lucky enough to see them wrestle. And Ricochet, everything that Will can do. And if you look how Will is treated in uh, New Japan and just in wrestling as general, mm-hmm. as one of the greatest wrestlers of the year, uh, Ricochet... And it's, a, it's not even the stunts he can do in ring. Look at his matches against Gunther. Look at what he can deliver against Santos when given time. Ricochet mm. should be up in the upper You know, like how Rey Mysterio was treated, Ricochet should be because that's how good he is. And I'm hoping now they can see that. And it doesn't mean just like a rumble moment where he saves himself. It means consistently, you know, putting in major performances as he can. Um, Jaxie, what about you? Um, it's funny that you mentioned Ricochet because I kind of uh, went with uh, someone, I'd say, in a similar situation um, at going with Mustafa Ali. Um, you know, in the past, he, you know, had his his moment taken away from him by Brock Lesnar, just injuring him straight up. Um, this year, he's been featured a lot more, especially since uh, the departure of Vince. And he's had uh, two really great matches, one with uh, Seth Rollins. He also had a really great match against Ricochet, where both of them just really mm-hmm. work so well together. I could watch those two in the ring uh, go at it, like just with their acrobatics and everything. They're just so captivating to watch. Um, and I just think that, like, you know, if, if he was given more to do, uh, like people would actually see how much uh, talent he does have. Uh, so I've gone with him. Yeah, uh, excellent choice. Uh, Monty, what about you for underrated? Yeah, uh, the thing is about this, to me, he really doesn't count in this, but in WWE, he really is underrated. And anyone who's listened to me long enough is probably going to be like, oh, here he goes, marking out for Nakamura again. But Shinsuke Nakamura 
is very yeah. underrated. He makes everything they ask him to do work. It doesn't matter if it's heel, doesn't matter if it's baby face. And like just like when he was carrying the title before Gunther took it, it seems like whenever he gets a belt or whenever he's prominent, the t- he never gets consistent television time. And then he loses his belt to Gunther after, you know, a great, great contest with him. And now he's look, I think he had that one match with Santos in the World Cup and he's never he's not been on TV since. And I just don't understand how you can never have anything consistent for him to do uh, just wrestling wise. Like he's just so good and he's made heel run work. He's made the, the baby face work. The fans always rise up and make noise when Shinsuke is around. So I just don't understand how and the reason another thing I could compare it to his time in New Japan. He is the king of strong style. He's the greatest intercontinental champion in New Japan history. Everyone associates him with that big that white belt that they retired a while ago because Nakamura was the man over there. He was on like the if not uh, next to Tanahashi as the ace, he was right next to him. Like, he's the second one while, you know, uh, uh kind of like I look at Okada and Naito as one and two. Uh, for the last few years, Shinsuke and Tanahashi was like that for a long time. And so it's just when I think about that, when I know Shinsuke can be the face of a company, I'm not saying he, he has to be. I think it's kind of like what you were just mentioning earlier, James, just having him in more prominent roles more consistently uh, uh, would make me happy. So I always think of Shinsuke Nakamura when I think of just underrated because he's underutilized. Excellent point there. Uh, move on to overrated. And for me, again, it might be another bit of a cop-out. But I was just trying to think who's the most overrated. And I'll tell you what, it's ex-WWE guys that I've got an issue with. And, and, and mainly people like <laughs> Double J, as we speak about coming to AEW. Booty Ray, now in Impact. Impact. It's like you yeah, sign people crazy. on the character and not just because they're ex-WWE guys. And it's like... We've still got Heath and Rhino as a tag team on Impact because they still <laughs> think that's relevant, even though I was reviewing those guys on the pod in 2018. You know, and it seems like AEW, anybody that was released from WWE just signed up, no matter what, you know, and bring up, right, okay, they've wrestled for NXT once. We'll put them on Dark and wherever it is. And I just feel for the grow. You need to build your own talent. And yes, you might need one or two ex-guys from companies as even, you know, the kind of face or whatever it is. But it proves they don't draw money because otherwise Impact would be making money. Otherwise, Double J would be bringing in over (laughs) a million viewers to Dynamite. And it's just not the case. So I'm a little bit tired of just ex-WE guys. And, And again, there's a difference between a Bray Wyatt and you know, or uh, uh, mm-hmm. Deuce and Domino, who call themselves ex WWE guys, who had a three month run. You know, and I'm just tired of it. Reinvent yourself. Do what someone like Fred Rosser did, where you went to Japan and you created a new character and you built yourself on talent. Uh, so I know it's a bit <laughs> negative, but yeah, fuck ex WWE guys. Um, <laughs> Jackson, what about you? Oh, I'm probably just going to end up getting so much hate for this, but it's not uh, personal, okay? But I've put Johnny Gargano, um, and I mainly say that in terms of just, like, with what happened 
since he's come back so far. Not his wrestling potential, but we've not seen any wrestling from him. And it's he's been overhyped and nothing and and we've delivered and delivered nothing. So I'm just talking about it in that sense. If he was wrestling in the ring, I would not have picked him. But he's not doing anything. So Yeah, mine's Kenny Omega now. That's what I'm going to say. You come for Johnny. I'm telling you, it's not about the wrestling. If he was actually in the ring wrestling week in, week out, like we wouldn't be having this this conversation. And I'm and it's I'm not saying it's actually really about him. It's like how he's been booked, but he's been booked and in in a in a point like if they weren't going to be using him, they shouldn't have put him back until they were like ready to like hit go with him. Like he's just stagnant right now. And I so so that's why I put it. No, about that, but like Johnny surely listens to the podcast because not many have the Johnny Gagano award, and he's sitting there quietly listening to all the laughs and thinking, "Oh, I wonder what Jaxie's going to say," and then he's in tears. He's in tears now. We've not even done. I'm sorry, Johnny. We've not even done your award yet, mate. Listen, if Johnny is listening to this, then he will actually understand what I'm saying and not actually disrespecting him. What I'm saying is, it's been is how he's been booked since he's returned. So that's what I'm saying has been overrated. Yeah, you hate Johnny Gagano. I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking. Monty, what about you? Who's overrated in your eyes? Please be AW. Oh, good guess, James, by the way. Uh, The person who I think is overrated, and I don't even like doing this because I don't don't think it's necessarily his fault, but... They just dropped the ball, and I like when you think about where he was after the feud with MJF. Like, you can't tell me that Wardlow doesn't seem a little, just a little bit overrated, in my opinion, from the, all the hype he had. I, you know, the powerbomb, the powerbomb symphony is fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But he, you know, I, we, I think we obviously know we needed more. That that title reign failed because of their booking, of course, but it also had a lot to do with his limitations. And I've heard, I've seen, already seen some people already say Joe's reign is better than his, and Joe hasn't had it that long. So, <laughs> the, yeah, I'm like, damn, like already people have said Joe's reign is better. So, yeah, man, uh, I don't know. Wardlow kind of, not to his fault, kind of like what Jackson said, I don't necessarily think it's on Wardlow quite, even though he definitely needs to improve in some of the areas he's not strong in. But, yeah, his booking definitely did, didn't do him any justice. So Wardlow is over yeah. Yeah, we we're talking about bookings here, James. Yeah, so you're not getting the, you know, angry at uh, Monty for his choice. Yeah, Wardlow's shit. <laughs> right now, Wardlow's going to be listening to this podcast. You know, he's sat in the corner crying because you just called him shit. I never even did that to Johnny. How dare you? The audacity! Well, you James. just called him overrated. That's a man who's called Johnny wrestling. I was crying. <laughs> Gina, well, who's your most overrated? Who are you going to make cry? Um, I copped out, but I went with Dan House. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Dan House is definitely crying. I mean, he is, though. Like, yeah, I, I find him okay with the whole hook housing. I was like, all right, this is funny. But I'm over it now. I'm over it. What what else is he going to do for us apart from just be there staring at Dustin Rhodes awkwardly? <laughs> so I, 
that. You're pointing at people. You know what? I feel my neck feels really sore every time I see him because his hump, the way he stands, he's just going to make his hump so bad and it makes me just crazy. Yeah, horrible posture. Yeah, it just makes me want to put my posture up and, you know, like, I, I think it gives me slight PTSD because, long story short, when me and my twin sister were born, you can get this thing in twins called windswept. And basically, as a baby, because we were both in the womb, my spine wasn't aligned properly. So the way to fix it, as my parents were told by the doctor, they had to strap me to my high chair with a belt. I looked like a, a mad kid who they wouldn't, a rabid dog who they couldn't let off. But that was to help straighten my posture up. And I just wanted to <laughs> And, husband, so, yeah. and, and you and, believed and, that for that many years? <laughs> well, it wasn't because I was a... No, she, she definitely was a broken one. She would steal all my food and wouldn't let me eat. So my, my parents definitely had to strap her down so that she would just let me eat. Dad, yeah. into this, cop her out, please. <laughs> well, we'll move, we'll like I said, we've just passed the halfway point, believe it or not, on the awards. Uh, and up next is the Johnny Gagano Award for most punishment taken in a match. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah, only one wrestler has got the Johnny. Um, so we're going to go for the Johnny now. Jackson, <laughs> just made myself laugh. Jackson, <laughs> who's goes, who wins the Johnny in your eyes? Uh, Cody Rhodes fighting Seth in Hell in a Cell with that broken pectoral. Uh, I, I was in pain. I was in pain watching that match. I I can't even begin to imagine like how Cody like was able to perform to the caliber that he did. So, yeah, hands down Cody. Monty. I watched uh this the 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 dog collar match where if you look at the tag match of uh, FTR and Briscoe yeah. and I saw the the aftermath just how everyone including the ref was just in hell, and I still was like, no, nah, nothing was more painful than what Cody did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, Cody Cody with the pick definitely <sighs> stuck, stick out in my mind. No one took more punishment than that. Gina, yeah. Gina, what about you? I mean, I'm not going to lie, I will send you a picture later. I do have Cody Rhodes written down, but then I've put a, a line through him because I pretty much knew that he was going to be chosen and he's clearly been chosen twice so I'll give you my other answer and I've gone with John Moxley and that's because almost every match he gets into his blood is spilt <laughs> regardless every yeah. match there is not one match I don't think if there is a match in 2022 that John Moxley's had that he's <laughs> he remind me of that match because I swear every single match he's in he is bleeding so yeah. I went with John I think every time he sneezes, he pleads. I thought you we were going to go Cody because it's a bit of a shame because last year, thanks to Monty, we had a like we have four of the correct answer, and I thought maybe Cody would get that one there. But again, it's not all about uh, what I want, is it? <laughs> but I will say my pick. Let's not. Well, last year, weirdly enough, my pick was Cody Rose because he got his arm on fire. Through the table spot. (laughs) So I can happily announce for the second year in a row, Cody Rose wins my Johnny Gagano award 
for most benefit taken in a match. Like you said, there is not many times a wrestler takes the jacket off and you go, fuck me. And that's exactly right. Well, Didn't take a bump and everyone was like, oh my God. The whole of the audience went quiet. Like, no one was expecting that. No, yeah, that was that was fucked up. That really was. Uh, to move of the year. Uh, Monty, what was the best move this year? I couldn't think of like one in particular because I was trying to say what, what what was new? What really caught my attention? So I just went to an old favorite. Uh, it's just nothing to me like when Will Ospreay hidden blade somebody. Oh my goodness. I love that damn. I, I hate it when he's going to get people I like, like Naito. But I also love it because a freaking elbow to the back of the head like that is always, or the front, it always looked brutal. And I, I don't know, I just love the hidden blade. That's my move of the year. Yeah, without a doubt. Great move. Gina, what about you? What's your move of the year? Right, I've gone with this choice just because, again, this year I was only just introduced to New Japan. And over the whole summer, I just spent my whole summer catching up and trying to watch all of the G1. And I have to tell you that the Oz Cutter by Will Ospreay just always kind of... Sweet. Yeah. So, um, the old finish. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with that because, like, yeah, it just all, the whole summer, every time it was here, I was like, yeah, love it. Keep going. So, yeah. Well, my movie is not... Will Ospreay, which is a shame. I wish I had. <laughs> say, say Stormbringer. I <laughs> say Stormbreaker. We've completed. We don't know what Jackie's got yet. But my one is is a move. Right. My one is a move that I had to look that I didn't pick because I weren't sure what I picked, and it has been around a couple of years now. But it's the most simple, basic move, and it involves Bobby Lashley picking someone up on his shoulders and then running them into the ring post. To there, the post. There is yes, not. I love it. There is not one move that the looks. Third. Yeah. The, like the the wrestler's obviously protected, but you can't see it. You know when someone's sent it into a ring post normally you go, oh, put your arm up. Like it looks like he's beheading them and you hear the dunk <laughs> but you, you can't see it. And I fucking love it. Like it works in every single match and Bobby looks like a killer just picking someone up and just going dunk and then back <laughs> in the ring like that, you know? So for me it's Bobby running people into the post. Uh Jaxi, what about you? Um yeah, sorry guys, I didn't go with um, uh, with Osprey move. I actually probably am boring because I think I said this last year, but I'll I'll just never get over the one winged angel. Every time I see it, I'm like, guys, prepare for it; it's happening. So I've gone with the one winged angel. Yeah, that's perfect. One winged angel. There, uh, we move on to better off last year. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for this. <laughs> this could be a ward in itself. Uh, but Gina, start us off. Who was better off last year? Which one of the hundreds was better off last year? Oh, this was this was so difficult. I didn't know who to go with. I really didn't. Um, I don't know if you guys will agree or disagree with this, but I've actually gone with Adam Cole. Um, oh, great I just think that like you know he had a great um, yeah. coming to AEW. The storylines that we were kind of getting foreshadowed to like come up with him were just going to be great. Um, mm. I was really excited to see where he was going to go, and then he's been injured and no one's seen him since. 
well, I've seen him a lot since because I watch his Twitch page a lot and he's a really funny guy. If you don't, shout out to the Chugs on Twitch. Um, but aside from seeing him on there, I feel like I know him more as a Twitch player than I do a wrestler at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I've just gone with Adam Cole. No, that's like I said, excellent choice. Um, even though it's unlucky, like I said, with injury, still better off last year. I was going to put Sam Punk. And I thought, nah, fuck him. He's already won my uh, Primo of the Year award. So, another wrestler. Yeah, don't course, give him two. AEW wrestler. <laughs> better off like anybody. Like you said, pick, take your pick. My one low, Thunder Rosa, was so much yeah. better off last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if she knew what was coming, <laughs> I don't know if she would have bothered. But uh, like we said, it's not been the best... The talk of backstage heat, talk of, you know, obviously dropping the title, dropping the interim, not being even clipped, not even when she's coming back. The title reign of backstage interviews and 15 minutes of in-ring action. Just, yeah, don't bother, you know. If anything, get in the DeLorean, go back, don't sign for AEW and see what WWE have to offer. That's all I'm saying. Um, Jack, see, what about you? Who was better off last year? Um, so... I've gone with uh, Rod- Raquel Rodriguez because when she was in NXT, she was slaying. She was badass. <laughs> she comes up to the main roster and she has got a painful smile painted on my face, <laughs> on her face. And it actually pains me to look at her. I'm like, oh, please let this girl just do her own thing. Like, they really, yeah, I could, it's just painful to watch. Mm. And she's so, so yeah, I've gone with her. <laughs> she's so uh, injury prone. She keeps injuring her arm, injuring leg, like you know. Yeah. Uh, the amount of partners. Exactly. She doesn't yeah. No her. one wants to stick with her. <laughs> she ain't got clue. But her ex NXT partner is now really pretty, pretty successful with another partner. She she ain't bat one eyelash at her. She's like, oh, oh hey. Yeah, it's you. She's the female. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. How's life? <laughs> so uh well, better off last year Monty who was better off last year? don't say Von Wagner right we've not mentioned that I'm so glad Jackson <laughs> went back to WWE because I I was going to say damn we're off to kick some people in AEW <laughs> but I'm going back to AEW and I don't see how you guys didn't say this Miro man he only uh, had four matches this year for two <laughs> years damn. go back two years yeah <laughs> <laughs> Like, when did he, when did he like, sort of like disappear? <laughs> I don't even know. That's how scary. Twenty nineteen was he? <laughs> yes, <laughs> bro. Like early, I was trying to figure out when did that TNT reign happen? Was it twenty twenty? Was it twenty twenty one? Like, oh, okay. so all of last yeah. year he was a TNT champion. Not all, but last year he was a TNT champion. So what the hell happened? And like I said, yeah. four to five matches in an entire year for somebody who was as hot as Miro was. No, nah, man, mm-hmm. he way, he's definitely better off as TNT champion. <laughs> <laughs> Miro is a great show. Uh, we'll move on now to one to watch. Cool. My pick last year weren't great. So I'm I'm not missing with my pick this year. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, one to watch. You could say there's loads. Like the Impact roster. Just what Ace Austin, Chris Bay, uh, Trey Miguel. Just fantastic. They will be stars in the future. I'm not worried about them right now. 
Uh, you've got Swerve in AEW, who I've been saying for two years is a fucking star. And if he is not holding major singles gold by the end of next year, I'll be pissed off. But the one that is to watch the next golden boy of WWE, it seems at this moment in time, is Solo Sokoa. I've got to pick him. He's the one to watch. I know it's not <laughs> that surprising, but I don't want to miss. Jaxie, who's your one to watch? Yeah, that, I mean, that was a really good choice there with Solo. Um, I've gone with Hook this time, um, especially at seeing him make his sort of debut to the uh, main uh, event of the, the main show of Dynamite. Um, I've, you, I got to see some form of, like, legitimized AEW belt at some point next year, whether or not that's, like, a potential tag team with uh jungle boy jack perry going for because they actually looked quite good together when they he came out for the save um or even you know kind of potential tnt run i don't know that they definitely have something with hook and i think that they should pick that ball up with him sooner rather than later before that it before it you know sort of just fades away again yeah i completely agree there uh monty what about you who do you want to watch so first, I know we didn't I, because we only put certain uh, companies. I, I I wanted to give love to Stardom's Julia. I didn't know if we could count them or anything, but the Del, the Donna Del Mondo leader won the five star GP, which is you know kind of like their G one, earned herself an opportunity at Siguri that's going to happen on the 29th of December. She had a head shave like a year and a half ago. Like I'm so invested in her like redemption at this point. She lost her title. Uh, lost a uh, Wonder of Stardom title, which is kind of like their Intercontinental title. And then now she's challenging for the top title, which is the World of Stardom, which she'll be fighting a former partner of hers in Sayuri. So, uh, and she has aspirations of possibly wrestling internationally at some point because she has a lot of international fans. So I definitely want to give her some love because she's, she's awesome, physical in the ring. And uh, I, I definitely be trying to watch their biggest show of the year uh, on the 29th, Stardom Dream Queendom. I want to give that all, I wanted to do all of that here, so that's my that's some love. But the one to watch going forward, it, uh, as far as our parameters for this list, I had to go ahead and give my love to Roxanne Perez. She entered this year uh, Ring of Honor Women's Champion. She's leaving it NXT Women's Champion, even if it happened a little sooner than it was probably meant to happen. I want to give her love. She's awesome in the ring and the foundation she already has, and she's so damn young. Like she's the one to watch for years to come, not just next year. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Gina, what about you? Who's your one to watch? Um, I do have a side shout out for Swerve as well, just to agree with you, James. Um, I do think Swerve needs to just go on a high now. Um, and I hope that it works out for him, you know, and he does get some gold next year because that'd be great. Um, but my main pick for one to watch, which I find it funny that my sister chose Hook, because I wrote um, Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry. Um, I think that after this whole Christian thing, storyline and Luchasaurus breakaway, they have to keep Jungle Boy on a height, going high, because he's trying to solid himself as, like, you know, Jack Perry more than Jungle Boy linked with Luchasaurus now. And, you know, Christian's injury means we're not going back to that, which thankfully I'm kind of grateful for. So I do see uh, Jungle Boy having a, a big year ahead of himself, whether that's, you know, being a part 
of this tag team with Hook and them going really far, or just as the singles as well. So, yeah. yeah I think without a doubt. Uh, and at this point, at the moment, we've got eight wars left, and they're the, kind of the big ones coming up. Uh, we've got up next, rivalry of the year. I really struggle with this one. Jaxie, what about you? Who's your rivalry of the year? Um, okay, so I've gone with Tamatonga and the Bullet Club. Um, you know, I only just got into the G1 um, and New Japan, really, from the G1 and um, kind of was able to catch up with this uh, turning the, the Bullet Club did on Tamatonga. Um, and I got invested in it all the way up into the end. So it, you know, it continued on after the G1 and I had to stay in, I had to keep watching because I was that invested in seeing him get his redemption. Yeah. So I've gone with that. Yeah, that's an excellent choice there. Tama has been a good baby face as well. And Monty, you must be proud that Jaxie picking uh, New Japan when it comes to rivalry. Who's your rivalry? Yes. I'm very Thank proud, you. especially when I, I didn't even pick <laughs> So thank you. Thank goodness for the yeah. mention. Uh uh, but they definitely deserve it there. Uh it's a lot of it's a lot of great rivals, man. Uh I was thinking about Punk and MJL for a minute there. But you know, I, I honestly I for some reason this year I remember all three, even the first match that didn't have much beat. But, you know, you had the shock of Cody's appearance. I remember vividly all three of how Cody and Seth Rollins' matches. They were all really, really good. You know, some of them, you know, were better. The Hell in the Cell probably where it peaked, of course. But it it, it was a really, really good feud wrestling-wise. And uh, my, yeah, I think that was my rivalry of the year, especially when you go off with in-ring stuff and some of the promos and, uh, you know, how Cody Rhodes was getting emotional about his father. A lot of elements of that story that stick stick out to me, and uh, I thought that would, I should give it out a shout. Yeah, without a doubt. Gina, what about you, rival of the year? Um, again, with this one, I was really struggling to decide which rivalry to go with, but I'm going to go with Sheamus and Gunther. Um, it probably helps getting to have seen and witnessed a match between the two for myself at Clash, but. I've just really enjoyed everything between them. And it's every time they've had a match, I've just been as excited as I was for the, the last match. And I've cussed WWE out a lot for doing repeat matches. But with Sheamus and Gunther, I just, I, I haven't been able to get my fill of it, you know? So um, I'm going with that. Yeah, like I said, every match delivered there. Uh, I, I, I really panicked and struggled because I couldn't think of any fucking rivalries. Like, even WWE's second half of the year has had none. Like, maybe Bianca Belair, but apart from that, not really anything. So, unfortunately, I've gone the same as Monty. I've gone Cody versus Seth. It's the only rivalry I could actually think of where, you know, you had stakes and all this kind of stuff, and the two guys actually didn't like each other. So that's rivalry of the year. Uh, now we get into the big ones, and maybe not a surprise, but up next, storyline of the year. Monty... Do you want to start us off? Yeah, I don't. I I, I don't know if, uh, if this is this probably feels like a cop out, but we'll see what you guys think. Uh, but you know, I honestly, I just couldn't think of anything. It's like you mentioned earlier, James. Like you said, in, a few years down the line, kind of like we look back at the Shield now and think about how they just changed the, the game. And I think we're looking at. I think now, you know, in twenty 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 two what the bloodline was able to do from a storytelling standpoint, whether it's the Usos, whether it's Sammy, 
whether it's when Romans is involved, not there, whether it's Solo showing up, uh, you know, when he did. I know that's kind of, I'm sorry to say it that way, James. I know that's, that might give you a flashback, Solo's debut. Uh, you remember Solo's debut? You guys remember? Anyway, uh, besides <laughs> that. Sorry, I said that, bro. Sorry, guys. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the bloodline, everything they've done has just been great from a storytelling standpoint. You know, even if the uh, the matches or whatever, not you always kind of know that they're probably going to win. The storytelling attached to those matches, even when it comes to getting people to believe Logan Paul could beat Roman. You know what I mean? Like, mm. shout out to the bloodline for their storytelling this year. Yeah, right, uh, Gina, what about you? Um, sorry, which award is this? This is Storyline of the Year. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I'm going Bloodline Story as well. I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we'd all go with this one, but to be fair, I didn't expect the storyline that Sami Zayn entered the year with. I didn't expect it to turn out the way it is ending the year in. So um, I'm, I'm definitely invested, and they've carried the whole of the programme like the whole of the bloodline have carried the program throughout the whole year. So yeah. storyline of is to them. Yeah. And this is the thing with this bloodline as well. We actually care. Even a little episodes of Smackdown and Raw, usually miss. you want to see interaction with Zayn and the Usos and Solo and everything like that. Yeah. My storyline of the year is bloodline as well. Jack C, will you complete the set for the first time ever? I am indeed. I am indeed. We are a full sweep there. Yeah. Yeah, boy. History. <laughs> History is made. Monty was being so difficult about it last that. year. We finally did it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Bloodline is the story. I love it. It is the best thing going in wrestling. And you could argue how many years um, since has it been this interesting. Uh, we move on now. And this is a huge one. And um, we've got... Uh, like I said... Six more to go, but up next, Tag Team of the Year. And Gina, start us off. Who is your Tag Team of the Year? I mean, I think this will be obvious, but you can't say that I'm I'm kind of unbiased because we met them this year. So my Tag Team of the Year is definitely FTR. They've not only smashed it on various different wrestling platforms, but I got to meet them on my birthday, which is probably the best thing I could ever ask for. So, yeah, they definitely made my year. And both of them individually as well have wrestled so well because they've had individual matches and matches against themselves, each other. So it's just, yeah, they've had a smashing year and they're at the top. Yeah, I mean, tag teams are difficult. The Usos, look at the run they've had this year, the, the match of the year with like Street Profits and stuff like this. I'd like to talk about uh, day one, match against the New Day, and then doing that again on SmackDown for Longest Reign as well. New Day, NXT Tag Team Champions, fantastic. Motor City Machine Guns, turning back the clock. New Japan, strong tag champs and impact tag team uh, Gina, we mentioned earlier, the Open as well. I've got a shout-out to Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly would be my number one if I'd met them, but I didn't. So my number one tag team of the year is FTR, but that's on merit. That is on merit. Jaxie, what about you? 
<laughs> Do you know what? It was really hard. Uh, I have to just agree that with all of the shout outs you just gave to all of those tag teams, um, they are all kind of formidable as well and just, you know, have so much potential to go much, much farther in their careers. I'm excited to see all of them. However, my top two are definitely FTR and the Usos. I ultimately went with the Usos. They've carried Raw and SmackDown every single week throughout the whole year. Um, They've been, you know, consistently defending their titles. And like you said, you mentioned quite a few of their matches that have just been absolute uh, match of the year candidates, you know. So um, I went with the Usos overall. No, fair enough. You, you, you know, like I said, I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> but you show there your unbiasedness. Uh, Monty, what about you? Who's your tag team of the year? Uh, before I do that, I want to give some love to Bishamon, who just won. Yoshihashi and Goto, who just won tag league. They overcame Ozzy Open, who fought their asses off, but we're not the, 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 the team to beat. But Yoshihashi is just, he's on a whole nother level where he used to be. When it comes to him and team, team with Goto, they make an awesome team. I didn't think I would love them as much as I do. And I also want to give a shout-out to the junior tag team tag league winners. Le- team Leo. Nah, my guy, him. Yo. Former Rapunzel <laughs> Vice. I told you. <laughs> no. Oh, fuck me, yo, bro. Come on, man. No, don't hate on Leo. Yo and Leo Rush as a tag team. I've really been enjoying what they've been doing. I've, I'm, a, I'm a fan of these two. So, yes, I, I definitely wanted to give love. I know they beat your peak, James, but, you know, I, you, you should, come on now. Do anyway, don't worry hey. about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and anyway, but finally, it's like you guys mentioned, I just think, I, honestly, if these two teams aren't where you want, where you say, or they're not the top team of the year, I feel like you're hating. If FTR is not, not here or if the Usos is not here, you're you just hating, man. So I really, I'm just like you. I couldn't really pick. I wrote FTR. I'm gonna say FTR is my pick, but FTRs and the Usos are right next to each other on my my sheet because I was like, I'm not not going to mention the Usos. Like they have to be mentioned. Yeah, I I just went with the Usos first because I wrote Us- the Usos before FTR. But like I've got both right? of them okay. written the tag team. Like they're both on the yeah. same level in my opinion. Top tier, man. Yeah, the, the Usos up there with FTR as well. So, but I do have FTR. We freaking met them um, next to my list. But I would have <laughs> those as well. Um, in That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Excellent choice, FTR. I completely agree. So okay. we'll move on <laughs> to our next award. We will get through this, I promise you. And it is Man of the Year. So Man of the Year. And it is me. Uh, to do it and there's no other manly man who's the biggest man this year my god we all know who it is he is daddy to all of us uh roman reigns is the man of the year all right so the perfect man as we said before is uh, a woman want to be with guys want to be and we all want to be roman reigns deep down and that's the truth jack C, what about you Daddy reigns all the way. Roman reigns. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? You know, there's no doubt in reigns is the uh, one. Uh, Monty, what about you? Who's the man of the year? Yeah, uh, I, I, as much as I agree, it's also, you know, we, we need some diversity in our men, man. We need, you know, sometimes you need to have 
that rough, that rough Nick, that guy that you may not know if you should have him around, but if he got your back, ah, you need that. You need him in your corner, but you don't know if you, you know, you definitely don't want to be on the opposite side of him. And, you know, Roman on this guy personally, after all the things AEW went through this year, it was only one man there to be consistent and always on top of his game. I had to show some love to John Moxley. Yeah, that's an excellent pick. Gina, what about you? Who's your man of the year? Right, so I was going to go with Roman as well. But seeing as he's got two votes, I do have another man of the year. And again, for me, it was just such a great summer to watch these new wrestlers that I have never seen before and learn storylines. And Will Ospreay was just so captivating throughout the whole of my New Japan experience. And then also getting to see Will Ospreay fight in front of me again. Um, he just topped it for the, for me this year, so I've gone with him. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I will move on to Women of the Year. Who's the best woman of the year? Basically, what it says on the tin. Jaxie, who's your woman pick? You know I'm going to go with my girl, Jamie, here. Yeah, you can't really argue with that, can you? Ending the year as women's yep. champion. Uh, yeah, yeah, and she's just been consistent. She's like, just the fans love her. Like, she's great in the ring. Um, I can't wait to see what she does in the new year. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, you chose her as your one to watch last year. So the fact that she's your yeah. this year, yeah, it makes quite a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. My, my overall rest is going to be Sam Gradwell. So when we get there, we'll be fine. Uh, Monty, <laughs> Monty, who is your woman of the year? It's a woman who I believe, I don't think anyone can argue with me about this. She has the potential to be the greatest of all time. And I mean that. And that's Bianca Belair. She's been on top of the Raw Women's Division since she reclaimed her crown. It deservedly so. Untouchable yeah. almost in the in the Raw Women's Division. So I, she has the potential, like I said, to be just one of, the, if not the greatest, of course, all, like, of course, one of, but she can be the greatest. Like, we can be looking at this in the end of the day, 10 years down the line, like, damn, man, Bianca was the greatest. So, yeah, I'm going Bianca Belair. Gina, Gina, who's your woman of the year? Yeah, I mean, I just have Bianca Belair written down. She's just smashed it this year, and I, I believe that she's just going to be one to just keep watching, because She's still got so much ahead of her, and she's smashed it. So, yeah, Bianca. Well, like I said, Jamie, yeah. Jamie Haight was a great choice. Mandy Rose, Jordan Grace in Impact is doing fantastic. But like I said, there's one woman, and I'll show you how successful and how good Bianca Belair's reign is. Is Yes, we had the three matches with Bailey, but we're coming up to nearly a year now. I mean, I know we've got Rumble season all this lot, but we're going to come up a year with Bianca Belair's reign and we're not going to worry that too much about it, you know, because of how good it has been, uh, and we're interested in her. So, yeah, Bianca Belair is my woman of the year. Only three awards left, and two of them should be because we have got pay-per-view of the year. So, Monty, why don't you start off? What was the best pay-per-view of the year in your eyes? So this was tough, uh, but I thought I thought about this uh, in a couple of ways. I was like, you know what? I think my favorite show that I watched this year 
was probably a show that you guys are going to pick for obvious reasons. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I just think so. So I'm going to pick one that meant the most, meant most to me from a sentimental value, even though I don't necessarily think it was the best wrestling card of the year, just what it meant to me. And I think you should know where I'm going. Forbidden Door, just like I said, I, it was stuff that I never thought I'd see. I thought I'd never see Hiroshi Tanahashi in the main event of an Amer- in, a, in an American promotion fighting for their biggest title. Yes, it didn't. Uh, it didn't have like what we. Uh, Ishii wasn't there. There's was a couple of miscues. Like I, it was a couple of guys that I wish could have made the card from New Japan. But but thinking about what important seeing my New Japan like a guy like I told you people that I look at like I'm inviting everyone into the world into something I really really love and to see all the positive reception to see all the new fans of New Japan that came from that show. I, Forbidden Door meant, probably meant the most to me this year, even if I think it was probably one or two cards that were better this year. Mm. And I completely agree. I know exactly what I mean. Uh, Gina, what was your pay-per-view of the year? Um, I've got uh, Forbidden Door written down because that, for me, again, is something I've not really um, witnessed before or experienced because I'm not uh, used to New Japan wrestlers and every single match blew blew me away so um forbidden door definitely was like a top one for me yeah i mean don't get me wrong i love wrestlemania this year wrestlemania should be a pay-per-view of the year without a shadow of yeah. a doubt. you know me both too. nights yeah uh with like stunned and kevin owens involved the Sami Zayn, johnny knoxville bianca belair's entrance in itself and the match with becky lynch all great but yeah we were there so i'm gonna go clash at the castle for pay for the year. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, it was really tough because there's actually quite a few shout-outs I want to give. Um, Clash of the Castle, definitely. Um, even Royal Quest was amazing uh, to actually see. I know it wasn't actually a, a, a traditional pay-per-view, but get, getting to see it live, you know, was a complete experience in itself. WrestleMania, again, really, really great. Even War Games, uh, I really enjoyed that a lot. But ultimately, I've gone with Forbidden Door because, it, you know, it it's not even just to say uh, how great it was to see New Japan wrestling uh, wrestlers in a, an American promotion. But for especially my first time watching the G1 and then to instantly be given, uh, you know, a crossover of me discovering these new wrestlers and getting a chance right there and then to just see them mix with some of my favorite wrestlers. Like that was just like a... a birthday cake waiting to just be given to me really so um I, in terms of like how much i enjoyed the promotion itself uh I'm, i've gone with forbidden door and finally we've got, we've got two awards left match of the year so gina what was your match of the year there were so many great matches to choose from like i i even would have you know put a lot of Ricky Starks ones in there, but the, the latest one for me was amazing. But I've ultimately got to give my match of the year um, to Okada versus Will Ospreay. Um, I think they had two, actually, but I think it was the second match that I watched. Like, the fact that they had seven yeah. there for the first match, I, I did expect them to still have a good match going into the second match, but they still just wowed us from beginning to end. Like, we've never mm. seen a fight before. And it just... Yeah, again, you can tell that like I I am a fresh sort of New Japan fan, but the fact that like Will Ospreay is in a lot of my picks this year is because I just 
you know, finding this as a new fan has just been so refreshing and nice to get excited about something new again. Um, and I hope that like other fans have started to watch some New Japan and felt the same or vice versa. And they're watching AEW more um, and really loving it. So to be honest, that match just smashed it for me. Yeah. I mean, like I said, shout out for me for Shingo versus Will. Like I said, Will all, all this year. But a match, that's my match of the year. Match like this is all live. And to see the redness on both chests from being so mm. far away shine bright like a light in the sky. It is going to be Gunther versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental title. Uh, Jaxie, what is your match of the year? Um, I wanted, I do want to give a shout out to Okada and Will Ospreay because I really contemplated putting that as my match of the year. But ultimately, I went with FTR versus the Briscoes. Um, God, I'm I'm still struggling as to which one, as to whether or not it's going to be the dog collar match or the uh, super super match card. Is one of those, but yeah, let's just go FTR and the Briscoes because yeah, that was they, they've just had some insane matches this year. Yeah, without shadow of a doubt, I said our tag team of the well, some of our tag teams of the year, uh, <laughs> and Monty. Hey. Monty, what is your match (laughs) of the year? Uh, Like you guys, you got thank you, Jerry. You gave a shout out to my match of the year, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Sorry, man. While I shout out Okada and Osprey on the last day, that was one that was really hard. Like, which Osprey match, Shingo or Okada? Which one do I like most? I don't know. (laughs) I choose Shingo because Shingo hit harder. But you know, uh, honestly. It's a lot of stuff you can put here, really, if you think about it. And I know you may not fondly remember this, James, but Drew versus Roman was a re- really good roller coaster ride for me. Not, never mm. watched it. Saw it. Never. never. <laughs> but uh, and yes, Gunther and Sheamus. I knew that was going to get some love. It deserves it. It was probably the best WWE match this year. I, I, don't, I don't think there's much question about that, but. Uh, yeah, Shingo versus Will Ospreay. Like I said, like I told you once before, James, they are match made in heaven, yeah. man. Like, they, they are they just perfect, perfect opponents. Because Shingo is their great combination of speed and power, while Ospreay is their great combination of just everything, athleticism, power. You know, he got he has a little bit of everything. So they just blend together perfectly. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, Gina, Osprey has been mentioned all over this list for a reason, and it's because his the match quality that he put out is just unbelievable. And this was un, they've always killed it. Shingo and Will Osprey, you can just look up Shingo Takagi versus Will Osprey and just pick a match, mm-hmm. and I promise you, you'll like it. Whether they're junior heavyweights or whether they're heavyweights, but yeah, G One Climax Day Twelve that was special to me. Yeah, doubt. Uh, well, we just got one last award left, which is overall wrestler. Of the year, and it might not become <laughs> any surprise to people. But first up, shout outs uh, to Jay White, of course, Drew McIntyre when he can be bothered, Seamus, uh, Gunther, <laughs> Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, there's a match between him and Josh Alexander of Impact that went nearly an hour. Fantastic stuff between the two. Uh, those are two guys. Josh Alexander, my rest of the year, last year. But this year, and again, Monty, this is not me taking a shot, but. You talk about Will Ospreay and how good he is, but seeing him live 
you realise, like, the man is like water. Like, you, you couldn't keep up with the speed that he was doing. And we, you could list five matches of, of Osprey, and they could all be potentially match of the years. So there's no doubt in my mind. Overall wrestler of 2022 for me is Will Osprey. Jack, see who's your overall wrestler of the year? Yeah, I mean, this was really difficult. I liked some of the shout-outs that you gave there. I also want to add another shout-out myself to Brian Danielson. He's had some really great consistent matches, and he's been consistently wrestling week in, week out. Um, you know, like, just seeing him come back, recover from an injury like that, and then just produce, you know, match after match, it's really commendable. So I really wanted to give him a shout-out. Um, but overall, I've gone with uh, Okada. Um, because, you know, throughout the G1, he had multiple matches that were just high caliber and just really great. Um, he then obviously won uh, the G1 itself. Uh, you know, everything that's like sort of building up between him and Jay White um, until Wrestle Kingdom is just going to be great. Um, and yeah, I've just slowly become like a, no, not slowly. I've quickly become like a huge fan of his. And even though he didn't stop to say hi, I got to see him live and he's so freaking tall. I'm in love. He didn't say hi because he was scared shitless of you. I know. I know. I, <laughs> have, I lost my shit, okay? I lost my shit. You can't, you can't I, be going, I, I, I can't, I, like, what do you expect him to do? Like stand wait, there, really. But listen. Listen, next time I will be a lot more composed. Well, I wasn't expecting it. It came out of nowhere because we were talking to FTR, okay? Yeah. I was taken aback. I didn't have time to prepare. Well, it's better than when Gina was looking at Zack Sabre Jr. and going, you ain't fucking with us, Ray, and you never fucking will be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're the one who decided to, to let us drink. James. Oh yeah, it's my so, fault. Yeah, of course. It is, it is I your should fault. Have, I should have tied you both in your seats like Gina was a baby again and just left you there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that probably would have saved you a, a hell of a lot of mischief because you know um, you could have gotten arrested that night. But uh, you know, I, I I played it smart so we didn't get arrested. It's cool. We did pre warn that it was going to get messy. So. Oh no, no. Yeah. Just say, but don't say it's my fault. Because <laughs> it's it wasn't it was both you. Uh, anyway, anyway, it was Monty's fault. <laughs> Monty, speaking of Monty, and it being his fault because he wasn't there to look after us. Who is your overall wrestler of the year? You guys mentioned a lot of great names. Of course, Okada's always high on the list. Uh, uh, I always got to show love to Naito. He hasn't been winning this year, so I couldn't give it to him. But <laughs> shout out to my guy. I'm uh, always going to be biased towards Tetsuya Naito. Uh, man, the entire shield, in my opinion, also needs a shout because they all it's just so cool to me how they all seem to be right where they need to be character wise at the same time. Yeah, you know, self is mm. finally seem to be figuring it out. Moxley is, like I said, is the guy in AW for me, at least the most consistent guy. And uh, and then we all, like you just mentioned, Roman is pretty much God at this point, so. Yeah, uh, but I, I'm with you, James. William Peter Charles Osprey is my choice for the wrestler of the year. Uh, 30, I think he's, he's only had like, I think he, his quantity went down. He's only had 36 matches, but the, the sheer amount of where he was at, 
how he scheduled them. Like the guy was just—he's working now. He's supposed to be taking time off for before for Wrestle Kingdom, and he's just working in in uh, in, uh, in the UK with Ishii. <laughs> like again, he just doesn't. He never stops. He's always another match for Osprey. Just on to the next one. So he, he's just an awesome talent. Uh, I've been saying it for a long time that you know he's. He's been that guy that's next, right next to Okada, at least as far as uh, foreigners go. And uh, I think I'm also listening to you guys and seeing how many new fans were just wild by what how good Osprey can be. It's just it, it warms my heart because again, I've watched this kid to where he, when he was just skin and bones, a young kid flipping everywhere, doing everything he needs to do, and to see the wrestler he's turned into. Yeah, man, he's definitely my pick. He's the ace, or at least possibly the future ace right along right next to Okada. I know they don't share ace position. You probably shouldn't. Okada's definitely the ace. But Osprey is like if it is an ace one and a ace A B or something like that. <laughs> so yeah. He's, anyway the point is he's, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well no it's like any award ceremony, we are going to the next day and that is of course my fault. I know that from say so appreciate everybody uh, you in the audience, wake up. Uh, apart from that guy there. But everybody, I appreciate everybody being here tonight, of course. And Gina, this is your very first WNR Awards. So you have a pleasure of finishing us off, so to speak, with your overall wrestler of the year. So Gina, all falls down to you. Um, well, I, I, I'm going to give a massive shout out. You can kind of give mine a double, like I've got to, because Will Ospreay was a, a big sort of part of my New Japan journey and, and me just getting into it. So I have to give him a shout out or joint joint first place here. But I also cannot not give it to my man, Ricky Stark, not only because of my heart, but just because he's elevated himself, won the crowd over and they love him so much. And if they can continue to keep him on an elevated level, put him in the TNT championship, uh, picture and give him some gold in some way and then bring him back like a Cinderella story to that title shot um, they'll have gold but hopefully they don't screw him up but I'm going to definitely have to put him as my overall wrestler yeah, well there we go I should have gone Drew McIntyre then we could all have <laughs> Monty you needed Shingo for that one there as well but like I said we have got <laughs> the list of 25 like I said incredible to get through the 20 22 WNR Wars, and like I said, Drew McIntyre didn't feature once, but Cody got four. Sorry, Drew, I do apologise. But that is it for the 8th Annual WNR Awards. That's it. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast, I'm at the WNR J, and you can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Monty, where can people find you? Yeah, like you said, on your Twitter banner, or they can go to at mind at Mind Monty Pod on Twitter. Click the link in my bio. You know, check out the latest pod. Uh, we talked about the Mandy Rose news. Went a little bit into a lot of the Sasha Banks rumors and stuff that they were talking. Uh, things that have been said about the contract negotiations. So you can check that out. Uh, you can go to my YouTube uh, and subscribe Mind of Monty all together. So just you know, do me a favor, check it, check everything out and. Hopefully next week I will have a preview of Wrestle Kingdom. Well, let's not forget, though, uh, Monty, of course, your year-end predictions as well. 
uh, next week, which is going to be yes, very... Sir. You're the closest one at the moment, but still, I can see, you know, it's not over yet. It's not over at all. <laughs> no, it's not over. It's uh, close. I'll, I'll never trust, yeah, Jaxie being so far behind as well. But Jaxie, where can people find you before you beat me next week? <laughs> um, I'm at Jaxie Scarlet on both Twitter and Instagram. Excellent. And Gina, I mean, you already see the future. So don't spoil it for us. Uh, but where can people find you if they want to? They can find me and the G site at uh, Purple Pain. Yeah, double O also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all good platforms. Send us an email. Double O podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, double podcast. We'll latest clips and podcasts. Same time SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, hopefully, we'll get an AEW prelude done before the year end predictions, but I'm not promising anything from anyone. Until then, I've been James Rollins and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you so much for joining me, Jaxie. Thank you so much as well. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas break, everyone. Yeah, the mind of Monty again. A pleasure to have you on. I did not kiss Santa Claus. Yeah. And the genius of <laughs> Gina. I mean, Gina knows all. So she could probably answer that question, Monty, but I don't think she will. But Gina, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed your very first Dovin R Awards. I mean, I, I have for sure. Uh, I won't give anything away because, you know, there's a butterfly effect when it comes to revealing what happens in the future. So I can agree or disagree with anything. But no. I hope I hope everyone's enjoyed and I've really enjoyed being on the show. The tequila has hit well. <laughs> well, like I said, thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Next year, all our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. Next, all our troubles will be miles away. Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Merry Christmas, everyone, from the WNR podcast. 